Welcome, gamers, to Baseball Arcade Pause Menu Quarterly, the show where we hit pause, sit back, and just chill every quarter. Well, I mean, this this ep- this uh, type of show we do every quarterly because I'm Ben Magnet, your host, and along with me are, like always, Ryan Eliopoulos and Sparks Woody, my bros from the Fake Nerd Podcast. Bros, how's it going? How was your quarter in video games? Our quarter, Ben, is shorter than normal, which oh. is which is cool because we're on time, and I love it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm here to talk about some games with y'all. I'm excited to do it. I need an outlet. This is a great outlet. I'm happy to be here. Hell yeah, it is. Sparks, what about you, bud? How was your quarter? It's good. I've been still consumed by a single game, so you know, there's not there's not a ton that I can I can share in this tiny three month period because too many life things were occurring in this it's quarter. It's true. Yeah, yeah. A lot a lot of life things were happening. Yeah, hell, even in my end, the very tail end of the quarter, life things were going on, but. Yeah, but holy crap, we made it through a first quarter of 2023 and some doozies already came out and some things. Let's see. So we got some pretty big releases already. Um, as of right now, people are talking about a, a certain horror game that's people that I've seen some people talk about possibly game of the year. Oh, already. Ben, are you talking about a horror remake of one of the greatest games ever made? Yeah, people love Dead Space. Yeah. <laughs> yes, Resident Evil 4 it, looks yeah. incredible. Yeah, Resident Evil, yeah, because we got Dead Space, Resident Evil Four, and and my, you know, of course, my personal favorite, Metroid uh, Prime, came out. Metroid oh, Master came out this quarter. Another but one. First and foremost, we have some news things that we want to talk about, and I'm going to throw it over to Sparks. So, Sparks, do you have any news things you want to talk about right now? Boy, Ben Magnet, I sure do. Oh, uh, yeah. Here, let me tell you what's up. Um, what's up in the world of video games? Let's. In my items, let's start here. Uh, Knockout City oh, is yeah. shutting down June sixth. That was announced in this quarter. Uh, ben and you and I are frequent uh, frequent ish players of that game. We definitely were hotter on it in like uh, the last you know two years than we are at this current juncture. Mm-hmm. Um, but now it's being taken out uh, completely. They have said that they want to find a way to kind of utilize what they found worked about the game into some other game in the future. But like, basically this is another, like where we've talked about before games that try to model themselves on the Fortnite model. It's not sustainable unless you have the marketability that Fortnite has. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. and, and just like a small amount of games will ever be able to do what Fortnite's doing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You are not every game is going to be able to do it. It's just not going to happen. And so any game that's chasing that they have to, really be able to maintain that audience you know one game that we don't play as often as that i wish we did that that is actually really good about it it's dead by daylight mm. that is that is basically the horror Fortnite because that guy that game gets everybody and that game yeah. is still popular like six years later at this point like it's still one of the biggest stream games of all time like yeah that's true yeah. i think part of the reason that dead by i think truly i think knockout city was done in by its its need to feed the machine mm-hmm um constantly having to push out season passes looking at that saying we're creating this content but we're not making the revenue because people aren't getting the season passes that we want them to get and that kind of thing and i think they shot themselves in the foot i think knockout city could have sustained better as a game that just like kind of listed on with the content that it had for a while and Mm -hmm. people who are playing it were loyal and streaming they wouldn't necessarily be raking money in off the game but the game would be there and then later on come in with like a whole new update to the system and that bring everybody back in like but something they spent a longer period of time making mm-hmm. things for rather than making small things frequently yeah um i also think uh, uh we've talked about this off screen but i also think the way that that game just like handled its multiplayer was really weird 
by but it's like some weeks oh, you can't even play with your friends because they only allowed for three people or instead of four people 100 percent. like changing changing the type of ways you can play weekly does not encourage people to come back when they don't know what they're going to get especially if you team up with four people right. and then when your friends can't even play so which we, is what happened with us so we should so, so like the problem would be that you could not play against other people online even though the modes existed i just yeah. want to be clear yeah uh you could play with friends, but you would have to play in private matches and you'd only be playing against each other. And that's not what I want to do. Right, exactly. You yeah. want to do the rank game. And importantly, what yeah. I'm what I'm getting to is like those ranks are how you move through the season pass. And if you can't do rank play with all of your friends who want to play the game with you every single day that you log in, if that's not an option, that also, I agree with you. I always thought that was a boat. I yeah. like that game, but that was always a boneheaded move. I never understood. Because like, there like, should always have been a four-player yeah. option available that never should have gone to only three players. It happened more than once in our friend yeah. group. And I'm just like, this is this is what kills a game like this. Yeah. It's like, oh, sorry, homie, you can't join us tonight. Like, who, yeah. like can, I, can you imagine if Fortnite did that? Or like, oh, only three people this week. I'm like, no, they allow you to do anything in that game. Right. It's true. Uh, uh, absolutely. I think that was a big factor of what damaged Knockout City. I think it's a big factor of what what took a lot of the wind out of its sails from its release is like this idea that, you know, there's a four player, there is a six player style game yeah. for playing against other people. So in, and like, you know, having six V six and that exists. Yeah. Knockout City has that. Those should always, even if they're only one type of mode, because they usually are, especially the 6v6, like there's one type of mode for 6v6, but it should always be available. Yeah. If you have six, five of your friends who want to get on with you, you always should have been able to do that. It's true. Uh, that was an absolutely boneheaded move. I want to I wanna get your opinion on this, Ben, but first I want to say, uh, like, variety is the spice of life. Like, again, like, like I... Not to compare it to Fortnite, but like in the in the terms of live service, like again, that is the gold standard. You look at the amount of things you can do in Fortnite. Again, that's a billion dollar company versus a small like game. But I'm just saying, like they they allow you to do whatever you want in Fortnite. Like and like you don't even have to play the main mode. Like the fact that like you like you can't even. I just thought like they could have done so much more. I think the gameplay of Knockout City is really good. Like I love that gameplay, but like. I didn't feel like any of the modes were really that different enough anyway. And like, there's cool bomb stuff, but like I, it didn't, it didn't, it didn't continue its, its momentum enough for me, especially as like a live service game to be like, Oh, like I don't feel like I need to come back every, every week, you know, like, yeah. especially because again, oh, no, did, could... this game didn't have to be like that. It could have just been a multiplayer game. Right. But you know, they had, they probably had bits. Well, that, that's because uh, notably real quick, just like that's when they got bought by Epic. Oh. When they got bought by Epic, it transfers over, becomes the Fortnite model. Yeah. Okay. Good point. Okay. Yeah. Um, I had I was gonna talk about something. We we've talked about how games like Knockout City need a certain special sauce, the special sauce that Fortnite has, and they obviously didn't have it. But at the same time, I mean, yes, I want to say it was what was the studio that ran um, that ran Knockout, not published it, that developed it. Do it does anyone remember? It's, I want to say it starts with a. I want to say it starts with the V, but EA was a publisher, and we know EA has billions upon billions of dollars stacked up. So I feel that this is also partially on EA because if they had a decent, because EA essentially didn't feed the machine, they didn't feed, they didn't really put up enough money into Knockout City themselves. Um, but I do want to agree with Sparks about how having limited player numbers or limited modes really did hurt the game uh villain that's yeah villain studios i would i feel that if ea put more money and help invest in villain to keep the to 
to try bring more stuff into the game, we probably could have a decent Fortnite contender on our hands. Because I love what Knockout Say was. You at first when you say, "Hey, it's a dodgeball video game," at first you're like, "A dodgeball video game," and then you start playing and go, "Oh shit, this is actually really fun. It's really intuitive." But just the limited number of modes, and what what really kind of hurts it is that when they did introduce the new modes, the new styles of play, like the superhero thing, or even um, basketball, where you have to where you knock someone out, but you have to throw them through a hoop. That was really fun. A friend of the show and co-host the Fickner podcast with the three of us, Brandon, that was his favorite mode, but it was mm. only available for certain times and it was gone. Whereas you look at Fortnite, it's like, hey, we're going to introduce no build mode for one week and see how people like it. People obviously like it. It's like, cool. It's added. Not taking over the space of anything else. Not um, here for a limited time. You want to play no build mode? You can. You want to build? You can. Whereas yeah. with Knockout, it's just like, hey, what's going to happen this week? We don't know. And that is a double-edged sword for games like this. Because while it does introduce new styles of play, it says, oh, it brings gamers like, hey, I really like this. I don't really like this. It's a good litmus test for the developers and for the companies to be like, okay, we know what works and what doesn't. Mm-hmm. But the thing that shot them in the foot is when they took all those modes away. I want to, as someone who loves as someone who does play Fortnite, I mean, not on a regular basis, but does play Fortnite a decent amount of time, I would say that if you, if um, if Velen decided to keep certain modes that a lot of fans liked on social media, they probably would still be around. Um, and also one of the things about Fortnite, about not not Fortnite, Knockout City, that I feel also kind of dug the grave in, is especially for someone like me. I didn't gravitate towards the game unless I was for sure playing with either Brandon or Sparks or someone else. Mm-hmm. Unlike with Fortnite, if I want to, if like, if I'm sitting on my couch, I come home from work, I want to play a video game, but I don't want to get too story heavy. I don't want to be up for X amount of hours, well into the wee hours of the morning. I could play three or four rounds of Fortnite and call it a night. Mm-hmm. Whereas with Knockout City, I never felt like I wanted to do that. I was like, I wasn't drawn to the game to play by myself, whereas Fortnite, I was. Mm-hmm. I mean, that also helps because Fortnite, you have a one versus 100, you have your teams. But on KO City, I felt there was just too many of, uh, too much of a crapshoot because you're always in a team setting no matter what. There wasn't like a one versus like X5, like, it wasn't like a five person round or a six person round where it was every man for themselves. Yeah. yeah. It, you were always on a team and you, and it was kind of like Rocket League. But once again, Rocket League, that's, a little bit different because i don't know what the special sauce is about rocket league because that's still a thing that game's incredible <laughs> that game is yeah yeah um but with ko city i just felt like there wasn't really it, i don't, I don't want to say incentive because i never really bought the battle pass but it was just one of those games where if i come home from work and i have like say an hour to play a video game and i just don't want to do something to that doesn't involve story. That doesn't involve a lot of strategic thinking. It's like, do I play Fortnite and go pew, pew, pew? Or do I play Knockout City and just go bonk? I'm going to go to Fortnite every single time. Yeah. It's, Unless someone it calls more... me up and says, hey, do you want to play Chaos City? I'll be playing Chaos City instead. Yeah, yeah. Well, the thing is, like, while Fortnite is, you know, it, it is, uh, you can't have teams. Like, you can totally play the game solo. Like, Knockout City is, like, that is a team competitive game. Like, I don't want to mm-hmm. play, I never want to play that game with random people. Mm-hmm. because you yeah. have like if you want to win if you want to be good in that game like sure if you're just starting out playing with like completely brand new random people sure you can do like random matchmaking but like if you want to get good and like playing with random people is just not gonna 
you need team cooperation. And like when we did play together, communication. communication is so vital. And I know I don't talk on a mic to random people. I don't give I don't I'm never gonna talk to random people. That's you, just who I am. I got you hear some people talk yeah. on a you hear random people talk on a microphone, even when you're playing a team style game, it's either gonna be an horrific experience or one of the most wholesome days of your life. There is yeah. no in between. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's some like really cute kid or some really like some really like bad jerk off. hundred percent. That's exactly. usually what it yeah. is. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, I think, yeah, the, having it like be a, it, it is a co-op, you know, communicative game, right? Having mm -hmm. the, the, the weekly switch ups of rounds. So sometimes you can't play your friends. Um, having again, like three people to four people isn't, isn't a lot of people. And like, you know, uh, uh, as opposed to like, like I know Fortnite's four, but like you can do more, more than that as well in other modes and stuff. But, um, I just think like when they got by Epic, like Epic should have dumped, they got, it's not like they don't have the money. They should have given it like a big push to see if they could have mm -hmm. tried something. Mm -hmm. But I think, I think when they bought it, they quickly realized, I don't think this game's savable. Turning it free to play didn't save it. It's in fact, I called it guys. I literally called it. I like in a year, this game will be dead. And exactly a year later it, it died. Like I saw the writing on the wall and I'm like, that was, I, it should have started free to play. Honestly, then it would have had a chance maybe. Yeah. But but making people pay for it first, um, I don't think enough people wanted to buy that game. You know, like as good as it is, that's a great free to play game from the start. Um, yeah, I don't know if people want to pay for that game. If right. memory serves, it was a PS was Plus game, game actually. I think it was, it was, it did, was exactly. Yeah, at least it was free. But then it was twenty bucks Plus. after, and again, yeah, like mm -hmm. I just don't know if, if there's enough. Honestly, if there's enough there. Like I wouldn't have probably bought that game for twenty bucks. If I'm being honest. I don't um, remember if I can't remember if I got the game for twenty bucks or if it was a PS Plus game. I think I want to down. I think I did download it when it was a PlayStation Plus game, which cool. But at the same time, when I get a PS Plus game and I see all this stuff, that's like, hey, you have a battle pass. You have to pay microtransactions to get all these skins. You have to do all this other cool cosmetic stuff. I'm like, so you're charged. I mean, I got lucky because I, I, um, I got lucky because I got the game for free thanks to PlayStation Plus. Yeah. But then it's like, but today you have an average Joe who, or a Casey Casual who didn't get the game when it was on PlayStation Plus or has a different system, so they had to buy it. And they're like, oh, so I paid money for this game, and now they want to charge you even more money for a battle pass? Yeah, I'm taking I, this game back to the store and returning it right the F now. Yeah, I, I, love, I love a good battle pass in free-to-play games. I, Fortnite, they, their battle passes get better and better. Marvel Snap. I buy that one because that game is free and the battle pass gives you lots of great shit. It gives you coins to buy more cards. It gives you, uh, it gives you variants, really great looking variants of cards that I want every time. So I, I do need to kind of recorrect the narrative when, when KO city started, the battle pass system didn't exist in it. Oh, okay? Okay. you had the shop, you earned mm, right. uh, your points from winning in ranked mm. matches and you used it to buy gear in the shop, which rotated every day. Got it. Okay. Yeah. But there was no battle pass system. Again, got it. that was epic. Epic yeah, Games yeah. got it. They put the Fortnite model into it and that's what happened. Got but it. that was not the way it started. It was, the, you know, you purchased the game and then you earned things in the game to pay for gear to change your Just players. a video game. Right. Yeah. Uh, it, that was not how it started, to be fair. No, that's okay. fair. That's fair. No, uh, I no. also personally, I, uh, I think that game looks great. I wasn't in love with with the cosmetics until yeah. until more like I saw stuff that they released later on that was cool. I wasn't totally in love with like my weird looking people. Sure, I, I'll go. Oh, sorry, no, sorry, Spikes, real... but go, going on yeah, the cosmetics go bit. I was I was very I was this close to actually earning enough hollow bucks to get the retro outfit. Like the whole thing, I had the glasses, I had the gloves. I was this close to that classic PS one cell shape, that PS one polygonal style. 
and I didn't get it get enough of time because I I do realize what you're saying because when it did you're right Sparks when the game first launched there was no battle pass but I felt like earning hollow bucks took forever and there was a paid way to circumvent around it to actually yeah, get the get the stuff you wanted and I sure. still hated that sure no I get you um that I'm not gonna say that that's not true uh, just like it, it didn't start with this battle pass system right, yeah. in mind and, and all that like again this is the kind of thing where I'm saying like they 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 began pushing this idea of like where the content was being created was to feed the battle pass system to get people to buy the battle pass yeah it rather than in other things inside of the game that I think maybe they should have just like um, add like more modes and shit. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Instead of or, trying to make or, more modes. or just honestly more maps. Yeah. Like, honestly, that's the biggest thing that the game needed over time was just like a big dump of more maps. Yeah. I liked all the maps. I like all the maps that we played on more maps is the thing that creates the most variety inside of that game. 100%. New places to play. And like, it's such a cool style. It's such a cool look. The gameplay mechanics are fantastic. Yeah. Honestly, for playing dodgeball, I can't think of a better way to do it. Yeah. It, it is one of those things where I hope that Bellon Studios really does like what they're saying they they want to find a way to kind of incorporate this into something else like there's got to be a way to use the mechanics that are so good here yeah in some other way but i agree with everything that ryan said like the things that killed the game are uh and it was always frustrating it was frustrating from day one that it's like that you can't know who you can play with um going into it and that's just stupid that was always just an absolutely idiotic decision yeah like <laughs> stopping players of just from any type of like it, stopping people from playing your game in any capacity is just especially if you're a new game trying to bring people in that's like the opposite of what you should be doing i did oh, i did yeah. want to touch on because brian sorry ryan uh i'm speaking too fast ryan brought up the cosmetic stuff um what i really appreciated and i still do is the kind of non-gender discerning qualities you're able to kind of mix it like there's no assignment of gender in yeah, the yeah, things yeah. that you're putting together like you can really mix and match the cosmetics and gender's not really a factor in how you stylize your character i thought that was a good starting point for them of the character customization right from the jump it's something i always appreciated about the game yeah, yeah. i love the style of the like 50s retro future world all that stuff again like it's it's like a jet set radio-esque uh environment yeah i i'm glad that there will still be like access to the pc thing like we can host own lobby games like it, you know if you get players together like you'll be able to we gotta buy host, the game host, on pc first yeah yeah to, to host your own yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah 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 uh uh you know but then you have at least like in that version you have access to the modes you have access to the the cosmetics and everything so like i'm glad that the game will will live yeah. in some extent like for the people who who really like it you'll be able to go back and and access it in some way and carry over and it is a shame that it's not one of those things like like avengers avengers is shutting down at the end of this year right but you can still play that game multiplayer online mm -hmm. it's just not getting updated like it's a shame that like they can't even like, hey, we'll pay five bucks a month to host a server so like the seven people who still play that game can play it online. Right. Like that is kind of kind of a shitty thing uh, that more companies are doing because they're like, well, who, we don't really care about our customers, honestly. Who cares if it's an extra five bucks? We want to save that five dollars for our billion dollar company. Um, uh, that is kind of a bummer. So real quick in the, the last bit of the news on this, because by the time we come back for another quarterly, this game will be gone. Um, Knockout City is doing kind of a farewell tour. All their modes are coming back out. Everything's coming back out. You can access everything without having to spend money on it. You can just access things. So uh, welcome to everything that was ever there. I will say that I know, um, you know, Brandon's already pitched to me and we will do some basement arcade recordings. that will come out at some point, but we're going to play the game before it's gone. And then you'll see recordings of whatever we put together and had fun doing um, with Ben, with our friends, Marty and Pi of the podcast. Uh, 
I did want to touch on in relation to this news. This happened the same week, which is why I put it in here. Rumbleverse. Yeah. I played um, that game. And Apex Legends Mobile. Yeah. Also live service games also shutting down. Um, mm. I do think we're kind of seeing the beginning of the the end of this, like the the realization, I think, from game companies, at least I'm hoping that you can't all be Fortnite. Yeah. Not yeah. every game can be Fortnite and you should not all strive to copy that model anymore because it, I think that also was its detriment. Like whatever future it had to plan for, once Epic Games put the Fortnite model on it and Epic Games did this to Fall Guys too. Uh, remember that Fall Guys yeah. also no battle pass system, went to Epic Games battle pass system but again but copy the same thing that game is, that game is doing big money yes that, that game, game is 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 so much more successful no than absolutely free to play. i'm yeah. not i that that i am not disputing yeah, yeah yeah um that's a perfect that is the even more than fortnite that is the perfect uh uh free-to-play game yeah uh just the amount of people who can play it at once i'm all your friends you can host your own lobby with like 100 friends they didn't start that way but i'm glad no, that yeah. they added it but yeah. like the fact we can do that now like if we had 100 people we could that is insane no that's my jam and like i i truly i miss playing fall guys with too. Uh, people too um that's something i'd like to go back to but like that that is one where it's been successful but i think the the shoving of this battle pass model onto these games is not necessarily the right reaction or yeah. way to go i think that it would have been better if around that time when epic games bought it which was about halfway into its life cycle at this point yeah uh they had reassessed like what is valuable about chaos city what is what is working what should we accentuate and what should we pull back on yeah um real um, quick on rumbleverse that was a a that was a um a wrestling battle royale uh, i played had, a couple matches it was really cool <clears throat> and it only had six months yeah and it was really really cool um like it's it it like wasn't totally my jam but it was really original and it was good it is a good product it just wasn't what i wanted to play um but yeah i think it was just like it reached it like it needed more it needed to make way more money for what it was trying to offer exactly so part of the problem is that once you set up that live service model you set a profit expectation that the company is going to look at it yep. what they're expecting it to make and that measurement is measured against it's like measured in battle pass subscribers. yeah yeah, yeah. yeah and, it it, sucks. and and it's and it's just not the way i want most games to be made yeah uh apex legends mobile it is slightly different uh because Apex Legends is a incredibly profitable, huge game. I just don't think it was making enough money, so they they can't they canceled it. Yeah. It, it. Not so much as like, uh, uh, like I just don't think they wanted to support it because like it's just we don't have enough player base, and we already have a better version of that game already. They wanted to try like Call of Duty has a mobile game. Like every game is trying to do a mobile version, and most of them suck to be honest. So that's just uh, that's just an experiment that didn't work. So um, I will kind of dovetail from this into one other news item that I definitely have uh, that's more recent, but I do think like just talking about reassessing what is valuable about the game and what is not, especially in terms of like looking at your battle pass and everything is, uh, uh, is this... no, oh. uh, is uh, <laughs> moving over to um, multiverses. Oh, uh, closing down its open beta f f until next year, until January, uh, 2024 to, to think about, what they're doing that is that is i've played we've all played a lot of video games in our time and we've seen games have betas and then the games come out um i've never seen a game be in like closed beta and then open beta and then like i uh, most people like a lot of people online assume that game was like out of beta uh but it was still in beta the whole time they were just kind of like the biggest were like loud about it the big thing was like the transition from season one of open beta to season two of open beta and everyone was like i guess this is just how this game is now i think that's and at some point they'll they'll say it's not open beta anymore yeah, yeah. uh not the case though um yeah. and as multi i thought this was the game and as a lot of the multiverses community has pointed out um they've been really unhappy with the lack of like 
update or news about what's been going on with the game ever since season two basically petered into its ending. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that game started really hot. That game still like even if it hasn't had as many updates as as it uh, like whatever. Like that game's incredible, right? It started so strong, and we were getting characters every couple weeks. It was it was less than a month per new character. Um, and then slowly, slowly, and slowly, we were getting less new stuff. We would get a character every few months. Ben, are you falling asleep, my guy? No. Okay. Uh, we would get like new maps. Um, like you know the the battle passes. I think the battle passes are good. You know, like I think they got get great costumes and great you know like animations and great like things that you'd want, right? Um, but this, the updates kept getting slower and slower and slower. Um, the the balance changes. People weren't happy with them. Um, just a lot of things that you, like you hear with like Overwatch and stuff. Just like nobody's ever happy. Uh, but like they actually like took it to heart apparently, and they're like, okay, we're gonna close the game down for six months. We're gonna fix it, and we're gonna relaunch the game in January. Hopefully it'll be the best thing ever. And I'm at first I was like, that is insane. But it's also like, I that's really like bold of them. And I actually, I, I hope this is like, I, I want to believe this. And it's not like, it's just actually closed down. I hope this isn't them like pretending we're, we're fixing things. And then January turns out it's not good enough. We're closing it down. Right. I don't want that to be the case. Cause I think this game's incredible. The gameplay is incredible. Uh, I want this game to be around for years. So in like four years, there's like 80 characters. So you have, you know, Gandalf fighting, Godzilla. Rick and Morty fighting, Godzilla fighting, LeBron James. Like it is that good of a game, I think. Um, ben still hasn't tried it, but it is. Uh, yeah, it I is played bits of the tutorial. That doesn't count. That's not a game. I know that doesn't count. Uh, <laughs> no, because I saw people talk about multiverses and that like multiverses have been a bit of a hot button topic topic on my youtube front page for a little while and they're talking about how this is the end of multiverses like well what's going on with multiverses and then brand uh not brandon ryan when you said that the game is an open beta i was like that doesn't sound right because i could have swore that the game was out out like yeah. i see multiverses season one multiverses season two i thought the game was done i thought it was so like here it is once they started saying seasons but like <laughs> the part was, was in parentheses. importantly every time you open the game in season one and season two up to today it still says open beta i think i just like mandela yeah yeah you it. just you just blocked that out <laughs> yeah, and saw yeah. like press start yeah. <laughs> like it, it says open beta yeah yeah um so that's that's been there like it's not like they were hiding it I'll yeah, say. yeah uh but it is a, a nobody expected it to close between um and i think that's been very jarring especially for uh understandably people who bought into the founders uh pieces that came out when when the beta oh opened God. up and they're they're big, you big know, like invest there were three tiers i know the top one was 100 and then i don't remember what the lower two were but so, like, um, so they've like, invested like 20 they've, 40 but they've, yeah. you know they put money into the game and so like to have the t game taken away for six months they're kind of like that's yeah not cool i put a couple bucks in it like i yeah, got yeah. some cool costumes like I, sure. didn't, I didn't regret it like again like i i put man i think i spent yeah, I, bought, more, I bought the battle passes yeah i yeah i think i spent more money on fortnite than any game in my entire life at this point because i've had that that battle pass for years and i'm like i'm never getting rid of that thing i love, it. <laughs> I love that shit i don't care as long <laughs> as it keeps returning its dividends yeah. and you're like yeah. yeah every battle pass i'm like you've given me who this month uh yeah yeah um uh I don't know. I, I no, yeah, I just wanted to like it, it's a recent thing. It's kind of surprising. I'm I'm in the same boat as you, where I'm like I'm hoping that this is change for the better. I do think that there's an important, not necessarily that the battle system needs to go away, but people have said like the progression uh, through the battle system is too um, stacked. 
it's too tiered against them. It's too hard to get all the way to the end in a season oh, for, a sure. ca- for, for the casual player. Like you have to dedicate too much of your life to it. Oh, gotcha. Uh, mm-hmm. And I think that's reasonable. Yeah. Um, honestly, that was one of the reasons why the last one season two came out. I didn't even bother with the battle pass. Cause I'm like, I had a hard time trying to get through season one and I'm like, yeah. it's not going to get better. Yeah. I definitely remember. I, I don't think I got the second one either. I definitely struggled to get the thir- through the first one, but I did, but I was like, Oh, I'm definitely playing way more of this than I would Fortnite's battle pass. Right. Like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I didn't mind. I didn't mind like, grinding. I didn't mind hopping on like every like if I can hop on once or twice a week uh, through the time of battle pass Mm -hmm. and complete the battle pass. I feel like that's pretty good considering all the other things you have to do in your life and other games to play. Yeah. Um, But right now, I know a lot of the pushback has been people saying that like they like the things that are in the battle pass, but it is too damn hard to get them, Um, especially because like the the reward for victory compared to loss is not a big enough increase yeah yeah to feel like you are at, at least when you are winning that you feel like you're really getting a jump into that achievement it's like oh yeah you earned like uh, 0.5 more yeah yeah uh instead of getting your full like jump ahead into that like go a whole level up into that battle pass and, and i think that's fair i think that people are are right to criticize especially when these systems do exist and again like that's why i hold this in the conversation with fortnite and stuff is yeah, because yeah. these battle pass systems when they exist like Fortnite doesn't feel impossible to get through. Fortnite feels like it gives you a lot of quests that like, you know, if you put, if you focus and you know what you're doing, like you can, you can knock out that thing that gets you like 20 experience and jumps you up. But that's like a night. But it gives you, it gives you a lot of variety and options, as Mm -hmm. you pointed out for how to complete the battle pass and how to level up and where you can put your focus and the different things that they'll launch and different kind of quest lines that they'll launch throughout the thing. And multiverses needs something to make it easier to travel through the battle pass because that's the wall that people are hitting. They're like, we love everything in it. It is too dang hard to complete. The, the one thing that I, that I did really like was you could fight against AI and you would you would get rewards. That's a great uh, they, thing. That was a great That's a addition. Great thing. Uh because I definitely did that because like uh uh to end uh the end of talk of multiverses for me, uh there were some like missions like, hey, play as this character and win three matches and i'm like i don't like playing as that character not that they're bad i just like that's not the character i like to play as and those are hard it's harder for me to win those matches right play against easy ai knock it out absolutely knock it out you're 100 correct because i would also do the same thing it would give a mission in a day where it's like do this very difficult thing for a character that you don't play a lot and i'd be like dang and then it'd be like fight ai to do it and i'm like oh great yeah great but again the reward benefit didn't progress through the battle pass fast enough. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, so we'll see how that turns out. I've got more news items, but I want to turn it over to you guys. I got I banged out too. I got one. I only got really one because I'm sure you got the one that I was making a reference of. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, I so got it too. Mine, <laughs> uh, I only got one, and it is a PlayStation related news topic. It was uh, reported on February of 1st of this year that the PlayStation Plus collection will soon cease to exist. Oh, yeah, yeah. So there mm-hmm. are 19. Uh, if you want a PS5, there's currently something called the PlayStation Plus Collection. If you have PlayStation Plus, of course, you got to pay that uh, to play multiplayer games because that's how every every game system is these days. Mm-hmm. Um, you get basically almost 20 free games that were on the PS4, and it is incentive of like, hey, here are 20 games, and a lot of them are are upscaled or remastered for like look good on PS5 or whatever, right? These are 20 games to so like if you you know buying games is hard, getting a PS5 is really hard. It used to be. Um, here's 20 games. Now that the PS5 is more available. And like it's starting to sell a lot more, they're taking this away, and I just think it's really shitty because is it like it was so hard? Who was it hurting? Who was it hurting? Like, yeah, who hurt? Who hurt you, PlayStation? <laughs> right, yeah. Uh, like it took so long for it took until this year for PlayStation to become widely available. 
like almost three, four, was it three years now since that thing came out? And they're going yeah, to take wow. it away. And like, it's just like, wow. So like, it just, it, it just, it's another like, like um, server thing. Like, oh, we want to save five bucks. Like, who cares? Like, let these people have their free games. Like, they are now just getting a PS5. Like, this year will be like the most PlayStation 5 sales of all because people are finally be able to get them. And like, no, you can't get those free games at the other people because they because they they worked harder than you to get a PlayStation Five. I just think it's shitty. It's yeah. just a little shitty thing. No, I agree. Uh, no. I think like another year or two before yeah. this deadline would have made sense. Let let it be like let the system be out for like five years. Come on, like who cares? You're giving like the Last of Us remastered from like 2014. You just released a part one. Come like on. give them the remaster yeah. for free. Who gives a shit? Come on, it was a great reason to buy a PS Five. Oh yeah. Especially if you never had a PlayStation before or you missed the PS4, you get the oh PS5 God. and it's like, oh, I get all these, essentially like these quintessential PS4 games on your PS5 for free. I do agree that it is shitty that they are closing the service and funny that you mentioned that PS5s are now more available. I saw one in my Target a few weeks ago and I'm like, oh, in the wild? Saw- I've literally never seen one in the wild before. I saw one in the wild. It was wow. crazy. That's exciting. <laughs> yeah, and even ga- people like um sellers at GameStop would have them. They were like, hey, they, they, they would have the box behind the counter and people would walk in. It's like, wait, are you guys, do you guys have stock? I was like, yeah, we have stock. We do. Which one do you want? Physical or digital? <laughs> I do agree that it is shitty, but at the exact same time, the writing was, well, not the writing was on the wall, but at the, but you knew what was going to happen eventually. I know I didn't. Why would I? I mean, I've, I've, I felt like this was going to happen eventually because you have all these games. People were getting PS5s People do have PS5s, but I don't know. I do agree that it is shitty. But part of me felt like, yeah, I, I felt like it was going to happen eventually. Sure. I guess I just I just didn't, because, like, PlayStation, it's like, hey, like, these are all these are all part of the family games. Like, we want you to come to our family. And again, like, how many 2014 remastered Last of Us are they selling now when they've made another version of that game already? Right. Uh, like, okay. it, just, it just it just seems like there's no, there's no real good reason except we want to save a couple bucks. Because, again, like, it's just being nice to your customers. It's just one thing where, like, you didn't have to do this. Like, I mean, like, I think the thing that's crappy about it is because, like, honestly, it was a good model that I kind of wish. I don't know that Xbox really needs to do it because Xbox has they got Game Pass. Pass. Oh, but, yeah. but it is a model that I felt like other things could learn from because it's very much for like the new gamer, right? It's for if I were, oh my god, if, for if I were fifteen today and no. the PS Five was my first console, this is. This is a bridge into gaming. Like Ben, are... this is Nintendo Online with all the N sixty four and the NES. Yeah. <clears throat> what tomorrow, Ben? All those games were gone. Would you be mad? I'd be very mad. Yeah. Oh well, Ben, I saw the writing on the wall. <laughs> you see what I mean? That, that there's no reason that they should take them away. It's just because like they want to save money. Well, right? it's probably because they also want to drive. It's also probably a marketing tactic because they want to drive more people to the PlayStation Platinum tier or the Premium tier for PS Plus. Yeah, that is a that is actually a really because, good point. Because like, because yeah. uh, Ryan, like you just said, it's like, oh, this is like the N N sixty four has a technically no because you only get the the classic games, the classic PS one, the PS two games, in the premium tier. Whereas if you just had the base PlayStation Plus, here's the collection of a bunch of games from the previous generation, not mm-hmm. from two or three generations prior. Sure. So, yeah, but, here, but but it's still so, older games. But though. to counter, it is that, older like, games. You're hundred percent. You're hundred percent correct. It is older games. But to counter that, even like putting it up against their their platinum thing, like the, the platinum thing you have to say subscribe to to access the games unless you buy the games digitally. The PS Plus ones, they are part of the library free. as long as you have yeah. PS Plus, which oh, as yeah. Ryan pointed out, people always do. So again, like I kind of look at this isn't, it, it's easy for us to kind of 
Ryan's right to be like kind of like thinking this is shitty, but it's easy for us to kind of be like, well, it doesn't really affect us because we have it or we played them. It's not a huge deal. But again, yeah. this was beneficial to the younger gamer or the it new was, gamer, the which new was gamer. one of the reasons that they did it was during the pandemic when people could get a PS5. They yeah. wanted them to feel like they had a lot that they could offer them. Yeah. And mm -hmm. there's just there's no good reason. There is no good reason to take them away. The, the, only, the thing is like, the, they don't need incentive for you to buy a PlayStation 5 anymore. Like when they were hard to get, this was a reason you wanted to get a PlayStation 5. Why wouldn't they want you to play God of War for free so that you would go out and buy Ragnarok still? Again, already? Yeah. Like why wouldn't they want that? It's a great marketing tactic. And again, like getting Bloodborne for free, like that game, all, every one of those games on there, like Battlefield 1, like like a racing game, all those games are already million sellers. They're not going to sell more millions of God of War. That game's already sold millions of copies. I also, the sequel's out. I would have to double check. And maybe you know the answer to this, but if you got the PS Plus copy, I think you still, once it was done later, or some of them had it to begin with, you have to pay for the PS5 upgrade. It's not a big fee. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like a $10 fee. Some, some game, uh, uh, PlayStation's shitty about that. It depends on the developer themselves, sure. basically. Yeah. Okay. So I had to do that with Final Fantasy VII Integrate. Right. Yeah. So, like, depending on what it is, you might have to pay for the PS5 upgrade. So, like, there's still room for them to profit off some of these, at least. Like, yeah. I don't, I, it, it's just, it's just a dick move. That they didn't need to pull, but you know it's a very Nintendo move. I'll say that it's a very Nintendo move. I'm yeah. kind of surprised from Sony. <laughs> it's just it's just funny to me that like like this is gonna like hey like June first that's gonna not gonna happen like May thirty first like what if somebody gets like, buys like a PlayStation and and like cool I'm gonna download some games tomorrow and then the next day those are twenty games that they're not gonna be able to download for free that millions of other people got to and I'm like why not just have it open. Why not just have it be a hey here's some old games to welcome to the PlayStation family here's some of our catalog. Uh, again, I, I think it is similar to Nintendo's of like, hey, welcome to the Switch. Did you ever play the original Super Mario? Well, now you can. Thanks for down. Thanks for doing the Nintendo subscription. Thank you. And I'm like, it's just it's just a little thing. Again, like it's not uh, it's not gonna like ruin PlayStation or anything. Like they got those millions of subscriptions already. Sure. Yeah. But I just think it was like yeah. just a little petty. No, you didn't I get have you. To. I get you. Yeah. You know, let yeah. those people play Bloodborne. Ben, you got some news. Uh, well, the news that that I want to talk about happened four days ago. Oh, you guys know what happened. After years, now this one really did, the writing was on the wall. The Nintendo Switch eShops for Wii U and 3DS oh, are closed and done. And you were talking about E3, weren't you? I keep putting these predictions wrong. Yeah, no. We'll get to I E3. Mean, yeah. yeah, we'll get to that. Don't worry, because holy shit, I cannot believe that happened. But yeah. Um, actually, no, I can't believe that happened. I was, yeah, was going to say, of all the things <laughs> have writing on the wall, the thing that hasn't had, hasn't had a conference yeah. in years. That was like yeah, the most obvious one. <laughs> so, yeah. The Nintendo 3DS and Wii U eShops closed on Monday, the twenty, the twenty seventh, yep. and so now that's it. The, essentially, yep. the 3DS is completely discontinued. We knew it was discontinued years ago. Of the, I want to say two years after the Switch came out, you had your chance, and it's gone. It's done for. However, that did not stop one certain YouTuber to download and buy every single eShop game on the Wii U and 3DS. Gerard the Completionist Khalil bought every single one, spent 22 grand and about five, four to five terabytes of data to download every single one of those games. There's a video of it up on YouTube. You can go check it out right now. And just the process of him buying those games, I would have given up, <laughs> to be perfectly honest. If I had 22 grand to spend, the way Nintendo does things, and you don't really necessarily think about it, especially... Because I've obviously bought games on my 3DS. I buy games on my Switch. I don't really think about how 
how many games can fit on one console. Obviously, they can't fit everything on a single console. Memory has limits. Uh, your CPU has limits. But the fact that even Nintendo, like uh, especially on a on the highest advanced uh, version of the 3DS that you can get, they only allow 300 blocks, meaning 300 games. Like, and when I say blocks, I mean blocks on your home screen on the on the bottom screen. And the hoops they have to jump through, the constant resetting and re and not rebuying but resetting and redoing the process itself was insane mm -hmm. and it just makes you as it's one of those things where you you think about it or when you when you don't think about it, it's like yeah i'll just buy a game off of eShop, no harm no foul i got the game i want cool we're good but when you have all this other games that you want to get you go holy crap it really, Nintendo really puts this many Roblox for people who want it, who are literally giving them $22,000. Well, Ben, you gotta realize most people uh, don't spend $22,000 in one day on video games. No, they don't. When, so, if, so, like, how do you know that's not a credit card fraud? Of course they have to stop it. If you're paying $5,000, I'm buying 400 games at once. That could be stolen, stolen credit card. Of course dude, they have to stop it. Dude. That's, it's any bank. Where something something looks shitty, they're gonna stop it. I bought, a card. Like, yeah. I bought two digital eShop cards on Amazon and Amazon flagged me and didn't think it was me and I had to reaccess my account, but it really worked out because they canceled the payments, but I'd already entered the codes. Oh <gasps> whoa! <laughs> Hell yeah. That's awesome. That's an awesome that's incredible. Take that. Damn. Corp corporate america I so i have put a bunch of games on my Wii yeah this dude free. this dude was downstairs like buying a bunch of shit i'm like hell yeah yeah so but the the reason why gerard did this was because there are 3ds or there were 3ds and wii u digital only games that are no longer going to be available because the shops are closed and those games would essentially be lost media he has come out and said in the video he plans to donate everything to the video game history foundation which i honestly think is a good thing because mm -hmm. while there are a bunch of physical games that you can still go to, like Frankenstein's, you can go to a retro video game store. There's a bunch of 3DS games that have been that you can still find physical copies. Prices vary, of course, but they're still there. But when you get certain games, like um, there's like this one dog, this is game I forgot the title of, but it involves a dog and it's baseball and it's just weird game. Digital only, lost to time until now. Mm -hmm. And also, I want to know. I want to know that the Video Game History Foundation isn't the type of isn't the foundation where it'll just dump the ROMs online and people hoist the colors and go yo ho yo ho. They do true museum esque preservation because there, unfortunately, there are still laws and regulations in not only here in America but in other countries as well, and also probably just a web of corporate red tape that bar people from going to say a library to play a video game. Mm -hmm. Right. Until we have that figured out, they're still holding on to this because even though the 3DS is now dead and buried, essentially, you still can't will be able to play all the games if you go to your local library, which I mean, there's a bunch of that's an argument for a different day. But at least there is a way that these games will be preserved and maybe somewhere down the line when something happens, they could be put up and people could and the public can enjoy these games. Sure. It is a vein is a vein Star Trek future we dream of. <laughs> it is the Star Trek it is 100% right the Star Trek future we dream of. But yeah, um I'm kind of mad at myself because I did not buy anything at the deadline because I had other things uh, occupying my mind at the time. But really the 3DS and the Wii U 
the 3ds i mean i have a big connection to the 3ds because now that it's officially dead dead it kind of sucks but then i look over to the wii u i'm like if you think about it, the wii u was a really good console and i wish it had a better life and it had a better life when it was before the switch came up and it- took over Importantly, I'll say a lot of the things I bought on the Wii U were not Wii U games. They were the virtual console versions of games that were like really lovingly ported over. So like Majora's Mask, I bought that. Um, like you know, like the things that now they're here, I can play them on a big HD TV with the virtual console of the through the Wii U. Um, I think that's like the most valuable thing. They're honestly some of the best preservation of some of those old games that Nintendo has. Yeah. Yeah, so pretty much that was that was my big one of my big news points was that the the Wii U and 3DS eShops are gone, and of course we all know that famous meme when Nintendo first announced this thing that they weren't planning to release their legacy content anywhere else, and people threw a fit, rightly so, because Nintendo there are times where they do they like hey we're gonna they move two steps forward but then move like three or four steps back because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. like hey we're gonna do some good things and then nope nope and nope yeah be like that. It's, you know, there's definitely a larger conversation that we're not going to have today about, like, all of them need to learn the value of preserving video games and just, like, maintaining and keeping them in, like, that people still want to. These are, these are works of art, and it's wild that, like, video games are the one medium where that historical value hasn't really maintained and crept over in the same way yeah. um, to, to the companies that books and movies and music and it's still a little too new for most people i think for some reason for some people still think video games are just super mario brothers still like there are still people who don't know video games are the last of us and that's it's just gonna it's gonna take a while for just like it every every year we're getting better like you know there are more gamers now than ever before obviously but like and more game adaptations to make new yeah gamers. so like you know. shout outs last of us and mario bros yeah. that you both just mentioned and they both have incredible adaptations. Well, I assume. Hopefully. We haven't seen the movie. Yeah, hopefully. <laughs> it's going to at least be good looking. It can't be bad. It's going to at least be good looking. It can't be bad. <laughs> I don't know what I have. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. I it, can see it not being great, but it has to be at least good. Yeah. yeah. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, uh, all right. So I, I didn't have any more news. Uh, news? Well, news? I mean, uh, E3's dead. Good. Let it die. Long, long may the death of E3 reign. Yeah. I mean, this the the this has been a long time coming since the pandemic. Um, yeah. Once the pandemic occurred, everybody created their own virtual spaces and conferences and how to do it. And yeah. it turned out that worked better for everyone. And so it was like, yeah, of course, this is the end of E3. That, that was obvious. E3 was already kind of in a downward spiral anyway. The pandemic killed it. And then it's just kind of been like living as a zombie well, see, for some reason. Yes, that is, all that is true. But it would not have gotten worse. If while E3 was crawling on the ground, Jeff Keighley walked behind it and slit its throat. Oh no, he's like the Negan so, to this. Yeah, so sure. Jeff Keighley, Mr. Video Games himself, uh, he if there wasn't like a person like him in that position, E3 would have would have clung onto onto the sewer, right? right? Until but now that we have Mr. Video Games and we have Summer Games Fest, which is basically E3, right. we have uh we have the game awards, yes. which is like we get so many game announcements and we get to recognize and celebrate video games, not in a shitty hokey way, in a real way where like right. it's like loving and it's like the Oscars for video games. Right. And there's video game announcements. So like, yeah, like 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 Spark said, every company has their own conference. E3, uh, it's expensive. Uh, it costs a lot of money to have showroom floor. Um, Killing E3 has killed, I think, 
a at least done a major blow to the we need to announce a game even if it's six or seven years out yeah i think that's truly going to pass now yeah because you don't need to you have your own markets for where you can say whatever you want when you want yeah you don't need to live and own the conversation of e3 because it doesn't matter and uh video a lot of video game developers they love e3 because they're excited about video games and stuff but being a big presenter of a video game at e3 is horrifying because you need a vertical slice of a video game and for people who are listening and don't know what that is that is when you watch a demo you know of a, of a video game on screen right that is not that's it's not like a movie where you film a scene and then you can show that scene that's not how video games work. Video games take years until they're even like oh this is a thing that looks like it could be good because there's so many, there are potentially hundreds, if thousands, working on a big game of different people working on different things right. that are slowly coming together. So video games don't look good until right before they come out. When you hear a game goes gold, they're like, we got it. Wow, we got a video game. Holy shit. Uh, that's why games take so long because there's so many variables. Right. Um, oh, I had a good point. I just lost it. Dang. Dang. You're talking about how E3 needs the vertical. Yes, thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Um, to make a vertical slice, you have to stop production of your game and make you have to make basically a five-minute game on its own. Right. Because of how all the different circuitries of how, you know, like when you're playing a story game, beats happen, beats happen, like stuff has to happen. You have to stop what you're doing of making the whole game and make a tiny version of that game for five minutes. And that takes months months of your life for e3 so i've heard horror stories of like we hate going to e3 because that takes six months of our production time to show what our game won't even actually look like right it's and, it's mm -hmm. it's i'm so glad he's gone right because it's it's all that pressure of the deadline and the timetable that e3 uh, yeah. mandated and demanded of these companies and jeff Keeley took that personally and so he destroyed it yeah stabbed yeah. it in the back he's like yo yeah. I'm just going to, I'm going to let people come and talk about what they want. If they have something cool, if not, just make an announcement. No pressure. Yeah. I love it. I will not lie back when, I mean, this is back when I was younger and I'm talking like PS2, PS, uh, like PS2 days, like when the announcement for the PS3, the Xbox 360, the Wii, watching E3 during the summer was an event at my oh. house. Oh yeah, I, sure. I will, as much as I completely understand it and hearing that I'm like, actually, yeah, yeah. Let it die. Part of me does miss the excitement that e3 brought i will i mean don't get me wrong i do get excited when i hear about nintendo directs obviously i get excited when i hear about playstation state of place much easier i don't have to worry about it and since it's online sometimes it, it, they have it when i have to go to work i could just watch it on my breaks or when i come home no harm no foul it's not like i have to constantly catch up like in the old days yeah but at the exact same time we don't need e3 anymore right to, to your point, Ben, like there was something fun about, you know, like being in not even what you're talking about, but just like uh, 2013, 2014, being at home and having Comic-Con at home where you could just pull up YouTube and you'd yeah. have your uh, you'd have your E3 channel just running. And so you'd get you'd hit, see the big trailers. You'd have different mm -hmm. interviews G4, on all these kinds of things. G4, the TV show was they were the first people to have like E3 coverage. Uh, oh, yeah. before IGN, like that, I watched G4 every single year for E3. Well, uh, no, that was that was us too. Like yeah, every yeah. summer, my brother and I, we were like, "Oh my god, what's gonna be showing at E3?" I remember seeing the first trailer for Final Fantasy VII Advent Children at E3. I remember seeing the PlayStation demo, which was Final Fantasy VII. I remember, I remember seeing when they not only did when, when they did footage at E3, but they also went to the Tokyo Game Show, seeing footage of Kingdom Hearts two. Sure. Being played, not just the trailer, a playable demo of Kingdom Hearts 2 
on the showroom floor, I would have murdered to oh, be yeah. at that show. And sure. now that I'm older and I have, and I actually, I don't know if I told you guys this. I'm pretty sure I did. I tried to get press badges for E3 in 2019 because I figured, F it, I want to give it a shot. Didn't get them yeah. because I wanted to be on the floor playing these games. I want to be there experiencing what E3 was because for years as a kid and even when I was adult, I would say like even 2011 and 2012. Well, I was watching I would, E3 until it was canceled. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was always looking forward to what the news out of E3 was going to be. I sure. was always sitting there going, one day I'm going to get there. And then they said, hey, we're going to announce, we're going to open it to the public. They're like, oh, cool. And I heard that was a total wash. Yeah. And now that it's dead, it's like, you know what? Yeah. I don't need but, it. But the thing is, like, that was all fun. It was great to do that. Of course, we all wanted to check in on it because we wanted to know what was going on in video games. I would take the systems that we have now of where they're able to control the narrative and what they want to say and what they actually want to put out yes. on their timetable yes. and the developers not being strained. They're not obligated. Over, over it's the, not an obligation to go to E3. Over the bullshit demanding deadlines that E3 forced the entire industry to you adhere to yeah like it's it, it the the e3 stamp of approval kind of bullshit it was time to move it's, away from it it's been time to yeah. move away from it i'm glad it's going i so much prefer i, I really do because like i still like when we god of war ragnarok was announced at i think at like the game awards or something or was it it wasn't e3 right i think it was game no awards. it was it was like summer games fest summer games fest yeah yeah but um like i still get i would get just excited for that as if it was happening to e3 and so, like, E3 is centralized in the middle of summer, so every game developer has to wait until the summer to announce things instead of just announcing it whenever they want throughout the entire year. So we can be excited throughout the entire year like we do now right. because we get game announcements every day. We no, don't have to wait yeah. for one week in the middle of summer. And smaller games get a lot more attention now because they're not all Fighting. being thrown into the same pool and soup yeah, yeah. with everything else. Now things get to sit in their spotlights. Yeah, oh, yeah. I would definitely say Nintendo's model of doing about three or four directs a year is a, a really good model. Yeah. Or the state of play. Same yeah. deal. Oh, yeah. like, state of play you know, too. Yeah. PlayStation state of play. Like everything's everything comes out in a timely manner. I like what we see most of the time. It's nice to get it updated the way that it is. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I don't feel like we're owed uh, being told when things are coming. So the i'm glad i'm glad that we're we're probably never gonna see another beyond good and evil 2 situation like the one that happened at e3 like that'll never happen they again. say that game's coming out i <laughs> but like that was so many years ago that was and like six years ago like, that happens because of the e3 machine there's yes. no way they would have told us about that game in the in this current way of yeah. doing things there's no way we would have heard about that game that long ago. that's true i would argue metroid prime 4 because that was also announced at e3 Sure. But they did, but during the, they don't call it the E3 Nintendo Direct, but you know, during like uh, the E3 Direct, big air quotes. The summer Direct, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the Summer Direct, uh, when they announced Metroid Dread, they did say, we're working on 4, it's coming, but here's Dread. Yeah, but that, that's all they needed to say, like, hey, we're working on it, we're not going to tell mm -hmm. you when, because like, we don't want you to get mad about it. Right. Well, Emma just disconnected the camera. That's Give okay. Moment. Uh, you can Emma. hear us still. Yeah, I can still hear you guys. You can continue to talk while I fix it. But yeah, will I miss E3? I will miss E3 for what E3 was. Um, because I don't know if you guys know like how E3 came about. It was essentially Sega, Nintendo, Sony. They they would always go to the consumer electronics shows because before E3, that was the big thing. Like Nintendo would always have 
we'll go to CES in Chicago and Las Vegas. And then they're like, no, video games are now a really, really big thing. Let's mm-hmm. do make our own show, which is how they got E3 out of it. And I will, I will agree. I will miss what E3 was. I Part of me does will miss the pomp and circumstance of it. But yeah. at the same time, I don't have to wait till the summer to find out what good games are. I can just wait till a random Nintendo Direct in February. Cool. Then it's like, cool. I'll just Maybe there will be a summer Direct or also. maybe we'll, they'll skip it to the fall. Either way, I know there's stuff coming. I could guarantee you that if all the stuff from... Correct me if I'm wrong, but Cult of the Lamb, was that an E3 announcement? That I definitely feels. I'll I'll look it up, but I want to say sure. I, I'm going to say no. Well, with certain indie games, like okay, here's a good indie game example: The Plucky Squire. If uh-huh. The Plucky Squire was announced only at E3, I probably would have missed it. Right. That's a great example. Because The Plucky Squire looks like an amazing game, but it was announced during the PlayStation State of Play. It was announced during Nintendo Directs. Nintendo also has indie directs. Also, uh, 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 another big one, Gamescom, which right. is actually technically bigger right. than E3, which happens in Germany. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Gamescom is huge. That won't go away. Yeah. Also, Mag, uh, um, Magfest, um, PAX West, PAX East, and Emma's messing with the camera again. <laughs> <laughs> and also, you got, um, what's another big one? South by Southwest, or am I mixing them up a bit? I, I mean, that's like a, more of a music festival. But yeah, it, yeah that is more. a lot of, you know game stuff oh that's true it is it is kind of multimedia stuff yeah yeah, yeah, you're right yeah but also but you also have pax east and pax west you also have uh magfest as well those are big video game um those are big video game conventions that you don't necessarily need e3 for because they happen throughout the entire year yeah well and importantly e3 over time became more and more interested in running itself the same way that comic-con was as comic-con got more popular but the difference is that comic-con can do that because movies don't take as long to make as video games and right. these are just yeah two different kinds of mediums and yeah. e3 stopped catering yeah. to what the medium needed yeah, I mean, uh, yeah. so i'm glad that we have the these other options also also um, like the past couple even though we even haven't had an e3 in the last couple of years like jeff Keeley has been doing his thing for a while like like other companies have been slowly doing their own thing for right. a while like these e3s like we still get good stuff but they're not as hot as they used to be no. because they're the the game is stuff is more spread out throughout the year because they realized mm-hmm. there was a better model yeah so that one then every year like <laughs> sony hasn't been in the last couple ones like like ubisoft is the one who killed the e3 because they were the last ones left then ubisoft pulled out and then it was like, oh shit, they were our last, they were her last hope. Ubisoft, my only hope. Uh yeah. <laughs> that was time to Obi-Wan. And that's, that was the end of them. <laughs> that was the end of them. Uh yeah. I think that's unless you have some final thoughts on the death of E3, I think we can move um, on. Reed Pop is the owner. They they uh they do Comic-Con and all those things, and like they they bought the like the quote unquote like rights to do E3's convention. And then once all the companies were out, we're like, cool, we're not done. We're not doing E3. <laughs> now we're done. <laughs> it was uh, really funny. Uh, I only have two more news items. You got anything, Ben? Great. Ryan? Nope. Okay. Uh, one is a trailer, and also the game is out already, so maybe I'll push that to the end after we've talked about the games we played, so I'll just bring up the Fortnite Unreal Editor. Oh, yeah, I should. Uh, yeah, 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 which we were both looking at. Have you? Do you know about this, Ben? I do not. Okay. You know what? You start talking about it, and I'll find so, it. So Fortnite's introducing uh, an Unreal Editor. People are going to be able to uh, build their own shit inside of the Unreal Engine inside of Fortnite. Unreal Engine 5. Yeah. Uh, and they're bringing over all Fortnite assets that have existed from the beginning to now. Um, mm-hmm. And then they're creating tools for people to be able to do uh, whatever they want 
in their own way with their own imagination. Um, it's bonkers. It's bananas that we're here, and it makes perfect sense that Fortnite is the place that's going to happen. Yeah, um, I am somebody who loves building shit. Uh, so this is somebody building something on their PC while somebody on their PlayStation 5 is in the map exploring as it happens. Oh, right. So oh you're kind of working together to build it. Um, and you can create uh, anything you want with it, basically. You can do horde modes. You can create your own maps. The most incredible thing, if we can get over here, if they'll show us over here, you can import your own custom files. You can create your own first-person shooters, third-person action adventures. Uh, you can basically create any type of game you want. Like, you see that shit? That's not in Fortnite. Look how cool that shit looks. Uh, it is like, in terms of um, open software development for people that anybody could use, this is some revolutionary shit. Um, you can do so many different things yeah with um, this i like i i was seeing like like that japanese shrine right there part of me is like holy crap someone could just make tokyo in yeah. fortnite yeah like, oh uh what's great is uh we can all do this now um all they've made a bunch of uh unreal 5 like demos using all this stuff so we can actually go play that dragon level we can go fight a giant like middle gear mech it's like a giant boss fight with a mech that that's like incredible looking mm -hmm. um it's just like really, really, really impressive shit. Um, you can do some like uh, Sonic shit in here, Benny. To be honest, to be <laughs> honest, like regardless of if Fortnite themselves decides to do it, I'm very sure what we're going to see not too long after is a project from people who have loved Fortnite since the beginning. They're going to like bring all the modern tools and movement and mm. abilities, but they're going to institute the maps of all the previous seasons. So you're going to have files where you can go and play the original first map, the next map, the yeah. blah, blah, blah. And it'll be updated slightly and it'll have all the new tricks to it. But like they'll, they'll feed that nostalgia for that entire Fortnite fan base, which is just bonkers that that is going to be available. Yeah. And like, I can't understate how powerful unreal five is um, and how good it can make things look for, for minimal power. Um, it's like, it's, it's just really impressive that like, we can just do this for free. Like I downloaded the thing the other day and looked at it and I'm like, I can make this on my computer. This is insane. Um, I'm not like good. Obviously, I have to like learn how to do some shit. But like the fact that I can is really impressive. Right. Uh, normally, like, when yeah, you like, look at normally yeah. when you look at things like this, you need the most powerful PCs. You need a bunch of them. You needed hundreds, maybe maybe thousands of different artists working on one specific thing to make something look that good. But with the fact that you can just with Unreal because or with Unreal on three. You're just like, hey, here's this one thing I have. And with this engine, I can do all this really cool shit with it. Right. Yeah. I think that's incredible. Um, that Unreal Engine 5 footage, I did not hear about this. But now seeing this, this is just going to, I feel like it's going to, maybe not. Obviously, Fortnite's a superstar game. That game is super popular. It's one of the most popular games ever made right now. But for people, for creators, this could definitely be a great boon for people who want to possibly get into game design like Mario Maker was back in the day. So this, it could also, and with all the freedom that you're able to do on just a PC, and PCs, let's be real, PCs are pretty damn powerful today. Oh, yeah. It, the stuff that people can do or the, the possibilities, I feel truly are endless. And I am really actually looking forward to see what happens in the Look future. Look at this mech fight, bro. This, this, this looks so good. I just I, I can't believe fair. like we can just go play that right now. I can make that. I can use all those assets. 
So it's incredible. Epic. That epic. Play some Fortnite tonight. Yeah. Um, we should fight some dragons. Uh, okay. So, but uh, to your point, Ben, of what you're saying, like this is going to create gamers of the future because Fortnite has such a good young demographic base. Oh yeah. You are going to get a lot of people who are going to get into making video games. The game they design. weren't already or, or learn so much more. They're going to come Smart. in more aware of how the space works, how to just like work with assets. They're going to know these things much better. It's, oh, it's yeah. going to create the gamer game designers of our future. That's, that's a really good point. That's actually really cool. Uh, Epic has turned like, what they start, what they did with Fortnite is is so insane. Besides it being like the biggest game of all time, like it did, it makes bill, it makes, I think it makes like billions of dollars a month. Like it is that insane, like like uh, for that company, um, or at least millions. Billions is a lot of money. I shouldn't say that. Um, but the the things that they've been able to do with Fortnite by uh, turning into a successful game, uh, using all that money to fund other projects. Uh, other smaller games, other bigger games, because it's just a cash cow. Uh, making the Unreal Engine available for people. So before Fortnite's editor, the Unreal Engine is out for people to just use to make their own shit too. Uh, that's why there's so many bad Steam games out, because anybody can make a game with a decent enough uh, understanding of, of the of the architecture of it, right? Um, but now Fortnite, you got five-year-olds playing Fortnite. You have five-year-olds who are going to be doing game design shit, and they make it easy enough where obviously you have to learn some coding and shit, but like they, they have it there for you to learn easy. It's just it's just really impressive, and that actually like that like sparked something in their brain of like wow like kids are gonna grow up coding and grow mm -hmm. up and like just in the game they are always playing. That's like really cool. Like Fortnite is so much more than just a game anymore. Uh, yeah. It's really it's really insane. Yeah, yeah. Um, we used to hate on it. I remember we all hated it. Oh God, we. Did. I was just about to mention <laughs> that. I was like, maybe not. There were no, no, no. I was gonna agree. I was gonna say like, uh, <laughs> you know, there was a point in time where just the youths uh, they yeah. were making it insufferable. Yeah. Yeah, um, I saw too I, many Fortnite like joke I, joke songs. I have seen the light. Yeah, and I'm I am grateful to have brought my brothers into the light with me. It's a good it's a good light. I was definitely that type of person who was the the gamer boomer. Where I would never forget this. I was at a friend's baby shower, and she had another friend there who had a small child, uh, about say seven eight years old, give or take. Mm -hmm. And they were talking, and the mom was talking about him playing the Switch. I'm like, oh, what games are you talking? What games do you play? I'm thinking Breath of the Wild, Super Mario Odyssey. And he goes, no, I play Fortnite. And I'm like, there's so many, there's better games there, child. Yeah. Like, I wanted to try and convert, like, sh let me show you the light of the better video game than is Fortnite. But I will admit, Fortnite has gotten very fun. It's it's a much better game to play now than it was back then. Absolutely. And it only yeah, gets I have, better. I have def I will definitely say I have also seen the light. And also goes to show you that as much as I was talking about this with a coworker yesterday, that as much as I love playing older video games, older retro games, games like Fortnite, games like The Last, not The Last of Us, excuse me, games like No Man's Sky and games like um Cyberpunk 2077, with that interconnectivity and with today's games of them being, I mean, yes, them releasing games, Fortnite being excluded here, releasing games unfinished, don't do it. Bad practice. But unlike games back in the day, like there are cartridges that are on solid discs that you can't access via the internet, those games can be fixed. Those games can be approved upon. Right, like if yeah. Fortnite was still the same thing it was back when it first came out, I probably would still despise it. But yeah, now that yeah. it's just so different and there's more stuff to do in it, it's like, no, Fortnite, I have changed my mind on Fortnite. i'm willing to try cyberpunk i am willing to do all these games because they i'm willing to try no man's sky all these games have gotten better with time 
Yeah. <clears throat> and are you is... willing to try The Last of Us? <laughs> you are for Halloween, baby. <laughs> the last it's I it's downloaded. It's or is it downloaded? I don't is know if you bought it again off the PS Plus collection. No, I got it when it was on not the PS Plus collection, but when they announced the re- when they released it for PlayStation Plus when I still had my PS4 years ago. Sure, sure. Yeah, I got gotcha. you. Downloaded that uh, shit quick and I haven't touched it. Well, there's a lot to be excited about in Fortnite. And I think with that, we're probably done with our news and yeah. can move into the games we've been playing. It's this game quarter. time. Who's up first, Ryan? It's, it is you, my friend Sparks. It's me. I've been playing a game that everybody hold finished on, a long on, time hold ago. Hold on. We are entering the trailer park now, my friends. Even though we kind of spoiled it with a, a Fortnite trailer earlier. Yeah. The first game that we're going to talk about is one that we kind of already talked about. But I want to oh, hear your yeah. opinion, Sparks. What's that game? Yeah, uh, it's God of War Ragnarok. Uh, I'm not done. I'm still not done. Uh, it's It's challenging to set aside time to get through a narrative game um, especially one that is that is really long that is really long it, that, it's, that's not a mark of, uh, of quality or anything it just it is a long game yeah it's um it's like it's it's a lot if you haven't played ragnarok moderate spoilers on the screen probably some spoilers this is the I'm first like hour no oh, i know oh. I'm, that's what i'm saying yeah i'm just i'm just giving a heads up like i'm gonna i'm gonna be polite about it but you know i'm just saying that game uh, is a year old at this point a year old <laughs> that game came out 2020 so <laughs> sure um <laughs> Yeah, I I've only recently uh, I killed some. Can I name him? Should I name him? I killed a god who uh, does he ride a big cat? Yeah, I killed a god who like I'll be honest. I thought like not that the when I got to that point I didn't think that the game was done, but I did think that killing him would be the end of the game, mm-hmm. uh, and it isn't. And I'm like, the story feels like it's in a weird place for this, um, and that's that's definitely been odd for me yeah 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 you still got some some time yeah it's, it's a long one uh we have a review uh uh ben ben brendan friend of the show friend, i always call everyone friends yeah. uh co-host of the figner podcast and myself we did a review of god of war ragnarok uh <laughs> sparks unfortunately couldn't be there but he's making his way through it i'm making my way through it making uh, his way down he's getting there it is uh you know when you have a wife who's absolutely zero interested in seeing this game whatsoever you got to be creative with when you find time to not just sit there for like a little bit but like sit there for a few hours uh to put some time into it um i will say like uh there's a uh there's a entire environment fight sequence with uh a very large wolf uh that was that i quite enjoyed it was very cool um really had a great time with that yep um, I had a, I'm not, I'm liking playing the game. I'm just kind of, I, I will be honest. I'm like, I'm kind of nervous about where this story is going right now and, uh, how this game is all going to end up. And then I'm supposed to be satisfied with this being the end of the Norse mythology. I'm like, I kind of don't believe you. Yeah. Um, I, I, I didn't believe it either. And uh, that, yeah, that's that game. It ends. Yeah. It's a shame. It's a great game. I think it's a good yeah. game. Um, it's like Ron Burgundy be like, I don't believe you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yes. Uh, speaking of great games that Ben and I beat before you, <laughs> uh, did Ben beat it? Because I think last time we checked in, he had not. No, spent... he's he, wait, wait, Ben, you beat wait. Cult of the Lamb, didn't you? No, he did not. You son of a bitch. I remembered from the last time we I talked about it. We did. He didn't. That was the whole thing. Is I wanted to go back and actually finish the game oh. because I knew he didn't. Boo boo the fool. <laughs> Well, why don't you talk about great game that you beat? Hey, we've talked about Cult of the Lamb before. Yeah, I'm only have. mentioning it in here because in this last quarter, I took the time. There was um, a particularly tough week in my personal life where I took some time uh, on my own. And we decided, you know what? I really wanted to finish this and I put it off and, and it's time. And I ended the the narrative of Cult of the Lamb. And I 
loved it. It was a great time. Um, there is a choice that you make that I'm like, whoo boy, I don't feel good about that one, but I think it was narratively the correct one um, <laughs> that you have to make in that, that point in the game. But I really enjoyed uh, how the, the gameplay like all led to it. I, I felt like I was properly equipped and powerful and ready to take on uh, the finale of the game and uh, battle my own one true God. I quite enjoy the final boss because there's like multiple phases yeah, yeah. with multiple characters and stuff like i just i am a big fan of that final and boss. i never felt like it got i was worried when i was heading into it it was going to be like too overwhelming as it kind of kept going um but i never felt like it got there oh oh weird i was doing some screen sharing and i think i accidentally stopped screen share that's okay um <laughs> but yeah i i We've talked about before, Cult of Lamb was a great indie game. Um, I've completed it. I'm now among the ranks with Ryan and not Ben. Uh, and I think it was very, very good. And I'm very, very glad to have actually gone through and finished the story, which is mostly me saying, Ben, you should maybe go back and just finish that game. Pretty good. Um, so, I am at the last I am at the last boss. I fought him twice and he beat me both times. Oh, so okay. So you're, I'm, you're, you're, you're I'm like awesome. right there. I'm right there. And speaking of Cult of Lamb, excuse me, I only had to fight him once. once. Get good, scrub. Oh, you bitch. Oh, Lord, what? <laughs> Um, what what was I gonna say? Uh, Um, Um, real quick. Um, so there will be some big DLC happening this year. Uh, there's little uh, information, but apparently, um, there's it's teasing a new heavy attack mechanic and some quality of life improvements with some new enemies. Well, all right. So uh, I could pop into that game again. I was just about. I was. I remember. What I was gonna say. Did you guys watch that um, animated short that Mondo did? Yeah. 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 Freaking hilarious, and I loved it. Oh, Mondo. Or not? Well, you, was it Mondo or was it Mash? I don't know. I. You, it starts with an M. I know it's. I know that it starts with an M. Right. Cult of the Lamb. But yeah, Cult of the Lamb still fantastic. I get it. I know. I need to go back and beat the last boss. But You're still, the game, it's, the game itself is great. I absolutely love this game. Love it. Well, the cult is gone. Um, and this is a game... Well, we talked about this one. We this, about, is, this is the cult we're part of. This is a cult we're part of. Uh, uh, we talked about this game plenty already, but guess what? We guys? always do. We're back. Because we always play guess some. What? Guess what? We're back. It's called Fortnite. Yeah. Oh, but this time... Fortnite. Attack on Titans here for some reason, <laughs> and it's and we've got a little like cyberpunk in our in our map. We got a cyberpunk in Rail City. You put your cyberpunk in my Fortnite. Yeah, you your Fortnite in my cyberpunk. It's great. Oh, yeah. They got uh, cool cyber cycles, cool grinding. Uh, look how good this game looks. Jesus oh. Christ, I can't believe this I, is a game that I love. I need to get back it. I mean, I won't have you gotten on this season yet? Not on the new one. Look right. at this cool guy. Look yeah, at this, this cool is, guy. This is good stuff. I, I enjoyed last season. I especially enjoyed at the end they were doing a, um, uh, like a bounty. Uh, not a bounty. It was like a... Um, uh, Capture the flag? No, no, no. You had to like go in and uh, and c- like complete assassins. Oh. Assassination. So it wasn't quite bounties. It was like these assassination things because there were like gangs roaming around the map at the end of the last yeah. season. And you had to go in and like infiltrate them and then take them out, take oh. out their leaders. Oh. Fortnite is definitely great at movement, so it's going to be really cool when that mechanic is finally in this season. Bro, if there's a um, giant, if there's a giant like Colossal Titan, I will freak out. I will it say, it has right? to be the end of the season. I will say, I absolutely love the Neo Tokyo look. It's great. Like the, it's the great. Cyberpunk Tokyo look. Um, 
when you go we're, we're talking about attack on titan i was like attack on titans in it but then yeah you, you see Aaron. i'm like oh my god they put Aaron yeager in the game oh yeah uh like yeah. what's what's really great about it is that you know fortnite's just very good about like giving you something new and and diverse like this uh city landscape but it's not dominating the whole map this is a portion of the map and you still got like your classic uh classic ish fortnite location snow desert um, forest yeah. but i'm glad that like you know there is a decent sized pocket of this uh where it really changes what you're doing in the environment yeah, 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 it's a lot of fun. I'm, uh, I'm really digging what we've done so far this season. I look forward to doing more Fortnite, guys. It's a great time. Have you heard need of that? Place, need to play some more of it. Hell yeah! Oh, I see. So this is so the next game we're gonna talk about. Boy, it's howdy. a board game. And you know what? I have not gotten bored. Oh my god, how do I pull this up? I have not gotten bored of playing this with you, my friend Sparks. Way. I'm so glad. Can I? Oh, this is so much easier. There we go. Window share. Beautiful. Tell me about Marvel United. And this incredible game that I want to play with you every day of my life. <laughs> yeah, so Marvel United is awesome. Um, what it is, is it's a very simplistic board game um, that comes with a setup of you fighting uh, as heroes against one villain. Um, you can have up to four players, at least in the standard rule set, the basic core set. What you're seeing here on the screen, if you're seeing the screen, is a uh, first core box set with the Avengers, um, where you can fight like Red Skull, Taskmaster, Ultron. You fight with a group of figures. Um, there are very basic powers sets uh you basically have three move options which are movement uh rescuing or punching. punching and uh it's all about strategizing how you do it and how you play it and it's all filling out a storyline so what's cool about this is that a lot of the strategy comes into not just how you play but thinking about how your other players are going to play because you're all working together against big villain. team cooperation so what'll happen then is that in the storyline when you play a card whatever's on your card, the same abilities will go to the next player as well. So they'll be able to do the same things on that card and whatever's on their card. And then it goes like that after that. So like your card will also feed to the next player. Um, and it's just a lot of fun. There's a lot of uh, deep cuts with some Marvel stuff, um, especially stuff that we haven't necessarily gotten in this house yet, but we will. Um, we just got the X-Men core box a little bit ago, which is really great because awesome. it also adds the ability for you to play hero versus villain. So five people can play against one person playing the villain. And that's a new mechanic. There's also a solo mode where you play as Charles Xavier and a version where you play 1v1 as Charles versus Magneto. Um, my favorite new thing, <coughs> because you're playing only as heroes for all these different things, right? With the X-Men, they introduce you playing as villains who become heroes. So you, so Mystique and Magneto are both villains. You can also play them as anti-heroes. And I, that just, that just, that just riles me up in all the ways. I love it. I love Mystique. We fought her. She's, she was spicy, uh, uh, but we beat her. All the little figurines that you're seeing on the screen, Ben, um, they, mm -hmm. they are very cute. They're well detailed. You can paint them if you want to. Oh yeah. Um, it's a super fun, super easy, uh, game. Yeah. It's very simple to pick up um you have this whole mechanic of like when you go to locations you can be fighting things directly from the villain or you can just be beating up thugs or rescuing civilians and all that works towards stopping the villain's plot it's really cool i really like it yeah you've been having a good time with it here at the house yeah it's 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 simple enough to like you can easily pick it up but like it, it's it's it get pretty hard uh you really mm -hmm. have to strategize you can't just oh i'm just gonna go punch everything because like you have right. to rescue people or bad things will happen or you have to move or bad things will happen like they really make you like you gotta like you gotta the thing i love the most is you have to team up with your with your homies yeah. it is like right. you cannot oh i'm gonna do my own thing you will you will get everyone killed right you have to team up with people 
I, I will say, like, I've appreciated that every single game that we have won, I've never felt like it was a landslide victory. It was no. always cl- kind of close. Yeah. Um, so I think it's a well-balanced game. I think it is challenging. And mm-hmm. there's even challenge cards you can add to make it more challenging, all kinds of things you can do. Yeah. And the uh, variety of just how things can stack against you is is so it never feels like the same game even if you're fighting the same villain yeah is or playing with the same heroes uh is really great yeah well fighting mystique like eight tenths of the way there like oh we're gonna lose and then we we just we did something i'm like oh now we get a punch her and we just punched her a lot we punched her so hard in like two turns and we beat her and i'm like wow and so we went from like losing to like winning real quick and so there is an amount of like you kind of want to think about the kind of hero you're playing because like if you're all brawlers let's say you're all uh wolverine hulk and hulk and uh who's another person who punches really like a lot um Black Panther? let's say captain america i think captain, captain america. america actually does a lot of hits yeah so let's say that's your three-man team you've got hulk wolverine and captain america that's great you can do a lot of punches you know what you're probably not doing a lot of saving yeah um and you're gonna have a really hard time taking care of situations that need saving so you have to think yeah. about your team balance as well uh uh yeah i play as dr strange and like he has an ability where uh you can only move uh one spot at a time where dr strange he has one where you can move anywhere you want uh and obviously wolverine can't do something like that so like team comp is important uh just like any good comic book uh it is fun and like i'm imagining the fight happening in my head as it's as we're doing it like it's it's really really fun i love it i'm glad you own lots of it no because i would see this on i want to say ryan's instagram i'm like oh this looks like a new cool cute little game that you're that you guys have been playing because i want to say you had Mystique up. And I'm like, oh, nice, Mystique. And I was like, I because I see these, um, I see a game like this with these cute little chibi-esque figurines. I'm like, I have no idea what's going on here, but it looks fun. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we we had a mostly X-Men team fight Mystique and we barely beat her. Yeah. <laughs> Again, like, like losing a lot and then like, oh, let's punch her a lot. And I'm like, hell yeah, <laughs> it felt good, it felt good. And like we've gotten our asses kicked too, so like I, I feel like the game's got a good variety scale. Like oh I do not God. go in feeling like I'll always win. Yeah, uh, we got riggedy wrecked by Green Goblin. That yeah. was that was de- like devastating. Uh, yeah, like, I played cleared us uh, cleared us early early. Oh yeah, because yeah, I know I played a game with my dungeon master Dan from D and Dark. We played a game called Horrified, and there was a chance we were about to lose, and we almost Dude. did. I'm so glad you played Horrified in reference to Ben because this is basically like one notch above Horrified as oh. far as like the cooperative play and how you have to do things like this is like one step up. Okay. Um, and so like definitely you're in the right vein by referencing Horrified. You're in the right ballpark. Love it. Okay. Did you play nice. the Universal Monsters version or the American? We did. Universal okay. Monsters one. Cool. Well, yeah, because right. I, I'm at the the house with where I play a Universal Monster, so we had to play the Universal Monster. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, it's it's great. I love it. Um, the Cryptids, the American Cryptids, is also a good uh, a good version. A big first. I, um, I see I love that at Barnes and Noble quite a bit, and part of me does want to get the Horrified, but I want the Universal Monsters one because to me that's just like classic. Oh no, it's great. I love, 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 love the Universal Monsters Horrified. It's oh. fantastic. I will tell you one other thing about Marvel Unite then. We do have an ex- uh, an expansion game here that we haven't played yet. We probably won't for a while because we kind of want to stack up a lot of our other sets for variety when we do it. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. it's the Infinity Gauntlet. And what it is, is you have three of the children of Thanos and Thanos and you play a four round game where each time you are fighting one of his children and however many stones they manage to get while you are fighting them is how many stones Thanos has for the final fight 
So you have to have multiple heroes because your heroes will get KO'd completely out of the game. So you're going to have to have like a lineup of heroes that you're taking into it. Yeah, that sounds okay. super dope. That does. That also sounds like six hours. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's, a, that's a day investment, but like I'm excited to one day tackle that challenge. Absolutely. Uh, how long is this game, if you don't mind my asking? About it like take an hour. After you've set up, it, it takes probably like 35, 40 minutes if you're not uh, bantering around about the rules too much. Oh, sure. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You could just, yeah, yeah. Um, I quite enjoy this game, yeah. Um, Speaking of, we're, we're, we're still in the board game circuit. Yeah, we are. Speaking of board games, let's talk about Owl. Okay, so um, I love Werewolf. I love Mafia. I love all those kinds of games. I had never played this particular version. Neither have I. And it is incredible. It's called One Night Ultimate Werewolf. And the reason why it's One Night is because everything happens in one night. And it's so great because it's all structured by an app. So every game round is only like mm, 10 minutes minutes max. Yeah. So you can just play over and over and over again, uh, uh, multiple rounds. So what they're doing right there, Ben, on the screen, they're just listening to the app be the narrator for everything that's happening. And so the app guides you because you tell it what roles you've put into the game and how many of what. And then it tells you what to do. And then you all wake up and you have like actual reasons to believe that someone is something. And you have to deduce who's lying about their role and whatnot. But like... Mm -hmm there's a finite system of what could have occurred and you have to kind of like strategize it out rather than just being completely based in. I'm just making shit up. Yeah. Uh, having it be condensed to 10 minutes. Uh, I, I was like, I knew that I like, obviously the popular game, like I knew it would be good, but like, like shortening it actually makes me like it more because it's just so much more intense because like everything is happening so much faster. Uh, like, Oh, we got to vote soon. We don't have time to talk about this uh uh it's it's really good um so you can see like one of the things that happens is that ben uh a character that was up there just uh her ability as a troublemaker is that she's able to swap roles now here's Mm -hmm. the thing because it's one night when they wake up they don't know what role they are anymore yeah they don't know if they've been swapped and they know there's a troublemaker but the troublemaker could be lying or not be the troublemaker and not have swapped them so you may not have been the werewolf when you you started and now you are you could be telling the truth but you have a different card so you could be a werewolf and not even know it it's messed up it's messed up it's really good yeah it's fantastic Highly, highly recommend the next time that we're doing like an actual board game night together. This will absolutely be one we'll bust out. Yeah, and again, it, it takes 10 minutes. The app takes you, guides you right through uh, it. My, my wife, the first night she played it, loved it so much because we played it at a friend's house. And when we were driving home, I was coming on to do the podcast that night. That was Ant-Man when Marty and Sam were here. Mm-hmm. Um, so we were coming on to do talk about Quantumania. And the entire time we were up here talking about Quantumania, they were still playing this game, even though they'd been playing it for two hours before we got back to this house. And we went down there and we stayed up for another two hours playing oh this game. that's a lot of werewolves <laughs> that is a lot of werewolves my wife hasn't werewolves. stayed up that long in so such a long time she was so tired but she loves this game it's very fun well speaking of fun games why don't we talk about um some games that have lines in them Ooh. some battle lines all right so the only thing i want to highlight about this way i've talked about battle line the last time it's a really cool kaiju godzilla based game and all that kind of stuff the only reason i want to focus on this one is because the most recent update not the one that just happened yesterday which they added shin common rider stuff but the one before that added three new ava units and a tenth angel and it's awesome Ooh. um so they've added the the fourth ava unit mari's uh, ava 
and they've added uh, the 10th Angel Zerul and uh, Ray's Ava. And it's so great because, again, they are pulling from things from the game. So Mari's Ava unit, when she starts on the field, she starts back where you are and she snipes. And her hits are devastating. And then after a certain time limit, there's a bar that goes up. Then she moves into the field and no longer does the sniper shot so that she's not just like having home field advantage the whole time. There is Ava Unit 2, which was recently added in this uh, last update as well. And um, so it comes out on the field and it does normal Ava Unit action, but it is evolving. And once it evolves, it goes into the beast form, which is also brutal, devastating. So if you're a fan of Anno's works, there's a lot of great stuff happening in the games here. Well, one of the best ones is Ray. So what Ray does is Ray walks slowly out across the field when she hits her evolution. And I say that in quote marks, but when she hits her evolution period, she throws up her shield and then she continues to march forward for a little longer. Then she drops her shield and she just runs straight at the main opponent. Uh-huh. And then she blows up oh. um, just like she does uh, when she's sacrificing herself in the show. So they incorporate that mechanic. And like, if you can get to the main person, you do some nasty damage to them. Uh, the the affection again like what i love about battle line again with strategy and everything but it, it, the affection that it has for the properties that it's adapting into the game is so well thought out how does this add something new it's not just a reskin of them putting an ava unit out there they think about what did this character do in the show what's like their most iconic kind of move set let's bring that to the game okay that's really cool and yeah common writers like not even out yet so they're on top of the game they are yeah I really, right. really love it. So that is the end of you, Sparks. That is the end of me. It is the end of Sparks. It is the beginning of me now. Hi, it's oh. me. I'm Ryan. I'm out of I'm out of shot. Um, I I didn't remember because we recorded only a couple months ago, and I haven't played that much. So I was like, oh, I'm gonna talk about Midnight Suns, and then I watched, I looked at the video last. I'm like, I already talked about Midnight Suns, and I'm like, cool. I want to talk about Hi-Fi Rush, and I was like, I I I started Hi-Fi Rush, and then I beat Hi-Fi Rush yesterday. So I'm gonna talk about Hi-Fi Rush. Hell yeah, potentially. A game with a year contender, y'all. Yes. Not for me. Not for me. Because I think other games might but come for out. somebody. But for somebody, I it is if it, it is going to be possibly in my top ten, depending on other you know how the rest of the year goes. But guys, Hi-Fi Rush is a truly special game. It is a action level based platformer. Um, there are twelve tracks, and each track has choruses, which are levels. It is all music based. You're watching some rhythm fighting now. Every time you hit on the beat, there's like a yeah or a cheer or a cymbal noise. You can see the environment is always pulsating to the beat. There's always music playing. It is a gorgeous 3D cell shaded uh, uh, look that I don't see often in video games. It reminds me of like what I wish Netflix animes sometimes look like. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like they have kind of like that 3D shade, but um, this has so much movement, so much personality. And uh, I played about. I beat the game in like 10 hours, right? Uh, uh, up uh, the up the, through eight hours. It is a great game. I'm loving it. I would give it like an eight out of 10, right? Those last two hours, and I'm talking, now I'm just going to talk to you, Ben. Those last two hours, it turns into cyberpunk uh, Kingdom Hearts, where the entire journey is about uh, Chai here, uh, learning the power of friendship, how what it means to be on a team, yeah. to accept people. Love it. And that final mission 
is, and I'm, I'm going to mildly spoil like what happens, but like it's not spoiling how good it is when you see it happen. Sure. The entire level is you racing to get to the final boss, and all of the companions that you've built along the way throughout this entire game are helping you get to there. So like you are running and you get to a spot where you can't, you it's too far. Your friend's like, "Yo, bro, I got you," and breaks the environment to help you. And you'll do some stuff, and then someone over there is like, "Chai, let me help out," and she'll throw something. And so like it's this giant trek up this tower, and all your friends are helping you get there. With, and without their help, you wouldn't be able to get there. And the final battle is so, reminds me so much of Kingdom Hearts and uh, all the music, all the boss fights are, are use real music. So the final boss fight was uh, 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 Perfect Drug by Nine Inch Nails. Uh, it is an incredible soundtrack. Um, it has tons, tons of original music too um, by a lot of Japanese uh, uh, musicians. Beautiful stuff. It is, it is a game that came out of nowhere. It was stealth released and now it is like, it, it sold more copies than Forspoken, uh, which is a huge multi, like a you know multi million dollar like like Square Enix game, right. uh, and this game outsold it, which is crazy. Um, it's just so lovely. I had such a good time. It has so much replayability because you can go back into the missions, and there are some things that you you it's almost like a Metroidvania where you have to beat the game first to unlock something. So when you go back to the level, you can open something and get like a new chest, right? Gotcha. Uh, there's also like a um a uh, uh, wave based like battle battle uh, uh, mode. You guys know how much I love my my battle modes where I can just do wave wave based challenges like in Batman Arkham Asylum. Uh, it has so much cosmetic stuff. Uh, it's just so it's just so lovely. I love it so much, and I want everyone in the world to play it. Uh, I'm going to make Ben play it soon. Uh, I don't know when we'll figure it out, but guys, this game is a real one. It this is, is a, a real one. This is absolutely a game I'm leaving 2023 having played. Yes, I'm, I'm not gonna say for sure yeah. what it's gonna be because there's another game coming up soon that I'm gonna have to dedicate some time to. Were there but... 15 other ones before it? <laughs> no. Oh, <laughs> not that. Not that one. There's another one before. Oh, that. <laughs> does it involve blades of light? That it does. There you go. <laughs> and, and I'm gonna prioritize that. But yeah, this is a game I want to get to absolutely. Love it. Uh, it is on Xbox Game Pass. That's yeah. how I played it, and you got a beautiful PC, so you can run that shit good. I do I do? Um. Uh, yeah, I think this game's incredible. Um, I just, there's, I've never played a game like it. Uh, like the closest thing I can, it reminds me of like James Gunn. He's James Gunn has been involved in video games before, but like if James Gunn's like Guardians of the Galaxy like <laughs> motif was a video game, mm. where like it's all about family and friends, and these are all like quote unquote rejects. They're all people who are like who are hated by the system because like they're they're uh uh they all got like cybernetic limbs. They're not perfect, right? And it's it's such a diverse cast of like of ethnicities and nationalities and accents. It is a hugely diverse game. It is just I can't I can't. And it's very Scott Pilgrim esque. You're beating a bunch of evil, evil, evil bosses. Love it, love it. All right, y'all. That's like really the only big game that I played because um, since then I have bought this bitch. It's called an Oculus Quest. Oculus Ooh. Quest. So I've been playing a lot of VR games. Um, I'm just gonna talk about a couple real quick. This one is called Moss. Moss is a storybook uh, uh, adventure game about a little mouse named uh, Quill. Um, and it is from a third person perspective where you're basically playing the narrator of the story and narration is happening. And when you do things, it narrates what you're doing. And the mouse is looking at you and it knows you are narrating and it knows you are playing the game. So you'll get to a point in the game and the mouse will look up at you like, hey, you need to do the thing. You need to do the thing. Um, it's so cute. It is so cute. Um, and I just love it. I think it's a great time. There's a sequel uh, and I'll get that afterwards. Uh, but Moss, uh, it had it has great reviews. Um, that's why I picked it up, and I agree with every word. It's fantastic. Awesome. Another series uh, that I started playing was this Star Wars one called Star Wars Vader Immortal. 
And this one is kind of like a um, Star Tours. It's like Star Tours with, with more movement. Uh, you are kind of like on a guided rail. Uh, you're doing stuff with Darth Vader. You're learning about ancient history. Uh, it's kind of, it's good. It's pretty good. Um, I really like the lightsaber combat. You're just hang the reason I really like it is just because you're hanging out with Darth Vader for a couple hours, and I, I just want to do that. It's really great. The lightsaber combat's fun. It looks incredible, especially when you watch VR stuff uh, on a screen. It doesn't look as impressive as when you're actually playing it. Uh, sure. That is a hundred percent always apparent because mm -hmm. uh, this looks fine when you're in the when you're in it. It looks so much better. Mm -hmm. um, it's just really fun puzzle puzzle stuff. Uh, Darth Vader's great. Uh, uh, not much else to say about that one. Um, there are three chapters of it and each one's about an hour and they're each ten dollars i kind of just wish it was just one big bundle instead of i had to, to spend thirty dollars for three hours sure. but like you know they got to make their money the last thing i want to talk about y'all is the greatest vr game of all time one of the greatest games that i've ever played in my life it's called half-life alex this is the reason people buy vr y'all um it is a full ass like good looking real ass pc game that is also vr where you can interact with basically everything you can grab everything. You can touch everything. Uh, the movement's a little weird. I don't do this movement. You can choose natural walking or teleport walking. But um, you can grab stuff. The physics are incredible. Uh, uh, Valve, who made you know Half-Life, Half-Life 2, Gary's Mod, the 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 uh, Portal, Team Fortress, their their uh, physics engine and their source mod stuff is incredible. Uh, you can just look at this. It just looks so fun. It's so great. Um, you can customize shit. You can put hats on for no reason. You can pick stuff up, teleport it. It just in terms of pure video game experiences, I don't know if I've had something like this in my life. Um, this is the future. If this is what video games can be, the future is so bright for VR. Um, the thing is, this is a PC game, whereas most VR games I'm just playing on here. This, you need an actual powerful PC. My PC can't run it, so my PC literally crashes and it shuts down because it's too much processing power. So I will beat this game eventually because I have to play it literally in 20 minute chunks. Um, which is something I'm gonna have to figure out eventually. But look at him. He just put a bucket on a robot head. How stupid is that? I love it. Half-Life Alex, y'all. Uh the hype is real. VR is cool. Uh I need a better PC. And I just bought <laughs> and I just bought one. Ain't that <laughs> That's me. That's me. Ben, why don't yes. you take us to um take us to space? Yeah, I'll take you to space. I'll take you specifically to Talon 4 because I was so excited when this game was announced at the uh, spring Nintendo Direct. Metroid Prime remastered of original remaster of or a remaster of the first Metroid Prime game that was originally released for the GameCube in beautiful HD for the Nintendo Switch. Oh my god, guys, I cannot tell you how much I love this game. They call this a remaster. Yeah. This is this looks this looks more than a remaster. This looks like this is a brand new game. People have been saying that <laughs> calling this a remaster is a bit of a sin because not only did they go in and change the controls, you have twin stick controls, you have motion controls, you have the original control scheme that was on the GameCube where Samus is because she can move the cursor herself. You have so many different options to play Metroid Prime. Um I think the reason why they call it remaster is because it's just it's the exact same plot. It's just a few quality of life improvements. Um, there's no auto save. You have to save your game like a classic oh, wow. Metroid game. Yeah, there's no auto save. That's they don't tell of, you that. That's kind of it's 2023, guys. Yeah, I know. But at the same time, I feel I actually like it because it feels more you feel um more relief when you get to a safe state uh safe spot you know mm. or to a, a save room because then it's like cool i'm in the save room i can do this and then you have to plan i was like okay do i have to 
where because it's metroid there's backtracking in any metroid game yeah no that's a fair um, point then yeah. because like i you know i played this back in the day um and I, especially in games like this like save states create tension no it's like true. in mm-hmm. there there's an amount where like I wouldn't say modern games should necessarily go back to that. I don't want that. But like, I'm glad that they kept it in a sense because it does maintain the integrity of part of the tension that was designed into the game That's to true. begin with. And and to be fair, uh, it has been a while since I played this. I like it's called Metroid. It is a Metroidvania where like Castlevania, literally the whole thing is about having save rooms too. So like, just forget everything I said. It's totally fine. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't played this game in a while. I forgot that. Like, oh yeah, it's a Metroidvania. What am I talking about? Yeah. Um... If there was any problem I have with this game, I mean, not with the game itself, it's just how hard it was to get a physical copy because they um, they shadow dropped it digitally. There's like, hey, mm-hmm. this digital version's all ready to go later today when the direct happened, and then they're like, physical version's coming out end of February. Well, a physical version did come out, but they didn't make enough hard copies, and people were scalping the ever loving crap out of it. Though I mm-hmm. think now it's thankfully changed. It's easier to get a physical copy, but. Just the fact that this game exists, the fact that this remaster exists, means to me that Nintendo is going to maybe make remasters of um, Metroid Prime 2 Echoes and Corruption. Yes. You know those are coming. Oh, yeah. And, of course, Metroid Prime 4. Yeah, you can just... I just wanted to double-check, Ben. Yeah, you can (laughs) pick up Metroid Prime Remastered Physical at GameStop, Amazon, Target. Yeah, Yeah, they stocked up. This game is the game that I've been wanting to put the most hours in because every time I go in, every time I turn it on, every time I start playing, there's tension. You get a little nervous. You're like, oh, do I like even last night I was I was fighting a boss. I didn't have enough missiles to do. I just got the super missile. So I'm like, oh, I got to be very careful with how I fight this boss. Hell and yeah. the, the game looks so good. Jesus not Christ. Only that, not only that, the combat of this game, because Metroid the original metroid up to metroid dread it's all a side-scrolling action game yeah first person when you see when you hear fps metroid you're like oh it's probably just gonna be like call of duty or doom you got a lot of bunch of running gunning the platforming is just so fluid i actually like platforming in this game on a game like doom eternal i'm not the biggest fan of the platforming oh, in the game. It, it's no. fine yeah it's 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 all right but in metroid however metroid prime oh i i want to explore being under playing this game and being under samus's helmet yeah it just is like it's just like this is so good i don't i'm not saying that oh i can never play another metroid side scroller game ever again not true side scrolling metroids are amazing but this one is just like you feel more immersed into the game and i'm so happy that this game not only delivered but it's so so well made they took the time to change up the um the control schemes so everyone who like can play it exactly the way they want and it just looks so goddamn good so goddamn yeah. good and uh the, the rumors obviously like we knew this was happening and like the, the rumor was that they were gonna drop all three at once and obviously yeah. that didn't happen but uh this game has been done for a long time that's why they were able to shadow drop it because they were just waiting for a good time to release it which means those other two games are probably way further along than we might have thought at first meaning we'll probably get them sooner rather than later meaning metro prime 4 is probably coming out in the next like year or two mm-hmm. like oh. I, I i totally believe that now at this point now that this game's out yeah now this game's out. and also it's only 40 dollars. oh my god yes yeah yeah that's beautiful like this is such this totally could have been like 69.99 yeah like oh, yeah, we're, this, we're doing this this would have been like looking back on mario 3d all-stars 
because they sold that for 60 this just being 40 it's like oh hallelujah right yeah i i, I get i still i'm like i'm actually like wow nintendo you did a good thing like i did they, did. You know, I they, they could have sold think, this at 60 and people would have bought it no matter what i think yeah, that, I thing is that they saw they saw the the like goodwill longevity of you know two and three will come and they'll come at the same price probably yeah 40 yeah. and 40 so would you rather charge 60 for a trilogy set yes or would you rather charge a hundred and twenty and twenty over time yeah that's brilliant yeah. and again I those agree. are good games and if they look this good and they play that good then they are worth forty dollars you know what i mean like i would definitely put the money down to buy all obviously i'll buy all three physical because why wouldn't i yeah. um, i'm playing i'm playing through all the metroids or almost all the metroids i haven't wasn't able to touch other m gotcha. but metroid prime remastered guys I love this game. I'm so happy about were this not, game. Were you not able to touch other M because you didn't have access to it? Uh, I never bought it. I just heard I was go I was this close to buying it, but then I heard it was bad. It's and a, I spent my money on something else. I'll tell you what, Ben. Like it is, it is a really weird game. I don't think you would like it. I it, it is it is like well, it is it is so much more story than Metroid's ever had, and like not in a positive way. I've seen gameplay of it. But now that I've played all the all the Metroid games that I have played thus far, I, I agree. I don't think I would like because when I hear Metroid, I'm thinking either side scrolling or a Metroid Prime game. Yeah, they tried. To, they I, tried to do something new with it, and it just it just didn't work out. You know, God bless them for trying. I wouldn't say trying something new is bad, but I nope. did hear problems with the story. And when you hear a Metroid game, everyone's like, "Oh my God, Metroid! Yay!" But then they play that other M. And they're like, wait, this isn't really Metroid, though. Yeah. Uh, 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 well, speaking of things that, that uh, speaking of things that uh, they are what they are, why don't we go back to the origins of things uh, and how they turned out to be? Because we're on uh, we're on chapter sixteen of this particular franchise. But Ben, you went back to the beginning. I FF Uno. I did. So I played and beat the original Final Fantasy on my PlayStation Vita. The, um, the, there's a PSP version of the original game. Obviously, at this point in time, the Pixel remasters are coming out. Um, but I wanted to play the PlayStation Portable version because, as you guys can see on the screen, the sprite work is just so gorgeous. It is. They oh, are God. the sprite work and the renditions from the original um, NES game. Don't get me wrong. They're good. But these hand-drawn sprites, they reminisce of those original sprites. And you can and honestly, the artwork is just better. The artwork is better, and they added a whole lot of other quality of life improvements to the original Final Fantasy in the PlayStation Portable version, i.e. MP. If my memory serves, there was no such thing as MP mana points in the original Final Fantasy. You had spell slots like in Dungeons and Dragons. Mm -hmm. And so this one, it's like, hey, here's some MP and it they just made it so much it's so easier because when you look at a game or a franchise like final fantasy obviously 35 years in existence there's 16 mainline games god knows how many spinoffs it's and when you talk about the very first one the very first one being on the nes it is a little intimidating it is a little mm -hmm. scary even though i have i could play the original on my nes mini it's scary and also it's not the easiest to look at the PSP version is just, I mean, obviously visuals aside, it's gorgeous, but it adds so many other quality of life improvements. Like when you're in the world map, you can save at any time. It does not matter. You can, or not even on the world map, you just constantly save your game. Doesn't matter. You can go right before, go right to fight a boss and you can just, you don't have to be at a save point. You don't have to be anywhere in particular. You could just save your game. No harm, no foul. 
have a question. Answer. Why do they name? Why are there two clouds in Final Fantasy if they're not the same person? No. Uh, because name's Cloud. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. Okay. So for that one, um, <laughs> in the original Final, do you really want me to answer this question? No, no. I, I actually, I do. Uh, I'm like, why would they? Why would they do that? <laughs> no, because in Final Fantasy one, two, and three, you were able to name your characters. Oh, okay. So his name wasn't originally Cloud. Okay, no. So sense. actually, okay. um, so actually, fun fact: when I was playing my run of Final Fantasy, I named it. I named my characters after my friends. I named one after myself and the rest after my friends. And um, Sparks, you were my black mage. Oh, stop! <laughs> <laughs> I want to thank Lord Lord Cloud Strife. Uh, I'm watching his YouTube playthrough of it. But That's yeah, um, we're watching right now. Um, I one more thing I want to say about the original Final Fantasy. Um, I know the Pixel Remaster is out. I know there's a lot of love for old retro aesthetics, and I'm one of them. I love retro stuff, but this version of final fantasy i still feel is like the best version of final fantasy especially the is this or the game boy advance one the game boy advance one final fantasy one two dawn souls still a really good version of the original final fantasy but this one the music just sounds better um mm. there's a lot more quality of life improvements in this one it it's absolutely stunning and it, i'm bummed that the only way to play it is on a psp or a ps vita or on Def the or on the pc or that that too uh, uh Real quick, Ben. Um, remind me how long? How long is this one? Uh, this how long of a game is this one's? I put in a good, I put in like a good 15, 20 ish hours. I can't really nice. remember off the top of my head, but it's not like a super long RPG. Just, sure, sure. Like modern. This is yeah. This is still an early version of the game. So, um, this while I do enjoy the story, the story isn't very much black and white. Maybe definitely use a guide to say, hey, go that away. Because, mm -hmm. you know, older RPGs, they don't really tell you where to go. Um, or they don't tell you where to go all that well. Sure. But still, fantastic game. The art style is gorgeous. Yeah. Um, it's, it's the original Final Fantasy. If you do want to, I would definitely say play the first Final Fantasy if you're already a fan of Final Fantasy. And I would definitely recommend the PlayStation Portable version. The PSP version is the way to go. I got to say, Ben... Uh... Because I haven't really seen what this looked like until like now. This like versus the Pixel Remaster, I would so much rather play this. I this know, looks great. Right? These, this looks great. I love the way that these sprites look. I wish yeah. we just kept. I wish we just kept using sprites today, and they just looked effing incredible. I love. I love sprites. I love this. Mm -hmm. The way this generation of video games look so much. Yeah, just absolutely stunning, and I cannot. And being able to praise or play the original Final Fantasy for the first time and actually beating it, it i was like this is really fun i mean there is some grinding involved there is some other stuff involved there's not not a lot to do in terms of side quests but the game is fantastic i cannot say it's like being able to play this version of it i am so glad i did hell yeah right um i will say just because like when you were bringing up the the pixel remaster stuff i'm backtracking i i did mean to mention when you were talking about metroid prime that it is I think still worth noting because we didn't do it here. I did it when we talked about it on, on our regular podcast. Um, I still think it's a shame that the Metroid prime remaster decided not to credit everyone who worked on the original game Oh uh, yeah, in the credits and just said, uh, thanks to the team. Thanks uh, to but without naming people. Yeah. Um, I think that's yeah, still yeah. shitty. I agree. Uh, yeah. Just pointing that out because yeah. you made me think of it when you brought up uh, the, the change in the pixel remaster stuff. Mm. Yeah. Credit, credit people who make things. It's, it's pretty easy. Yeah. Speaking no, of Ben. Ben, I just, I, how, I just, you know, how much do you love Sonic Frontiers? Is what I want to know. Honestly, I really am having fun with Sonic Frontiers. 
I did not know how I did not. I was kind of how do how to describe sound criteria? I was very cautious because I didn't know how I was gonna like the whole open zone bit. Mm-hmm. I love it. I mean, the open zone, the combat, all, all a lot of the combat stuff that you saw happens out in open zone. Just exploring the islands, just doing all this stuff outside, and then doing those running stages to get those keys to open up the chaos emeralds. It's really fun. And yeah. it definitely you definitely get a feeling of oh my god there's so much but it's so much but so much fun to run around in it really truly is it's um i mean i i keep sega was really mad that they are that this game was constantly um compared to breath of the wild it is but at the same time it's um, it's taking it's still, inspiration yeah it's, yeah it's, it's still taking from other games is not a bad thing no, it's still really fun. And the combat is actually a lot more fluid than I thought it was. Only it's times where I get annoyed is every once in a while, my screen kind of just like jumps back and forth and does stuff that I don't necessarily want to do. But it doesn't make me like rage quit and yell at the game. It is truly a very fun experience. And yeah, they're, they're doing a Shin Godzilla. When I fought this Titan and it did the Shin Godzilla bit, I'm like, oh, that's cool. Man, I got to be honest. This like 4K footage, this looks good. It does. That monster looks way better than i thought i remember it looking yeah so i when i was playing on my ps5 i went into the settings and i switched the because it was like oh power more to graphics or performance i'm like let me switch it to performance 60 fps frames silky smooth i'm like oh oh i'm a i was like i'm a frame rate 60 frames a second is so important it literally doubles the frames it makes it look so smooth i can never go back to 30 now that i'm in the ps5 60 frames of life i can't go back that's why i'll probably never play gotham knights because that's 30 frames per second next gen game <laughs> yeah because when i when i when i saw because i i would remember i was seeing footage of sonic uh frontiers i'm like why does my game look a lot slower than this and then i went into the thing i switched it over and i'm like oh oh this is look at this yeah, yeah always do performance uh so the this game, man, this game has had such an interesting life cycle because, but like when it got announced, people were really excited with the teaser, right? And then we mm-hmm. saw it, and a lot of people were like, I don't know about this. Now that the game's out and it's been out, people like this game a lot. Yeah. They, they accept it for what it is, and they're like, yo, this is a really great podcast game where you mm-hmm. just run around really. That, that's why I, I honestly am probably going to play it this year because. I think yeah, this I looks this looks really fun, yeah. and if I could just turn my brain off, and because I, I, I don't care about Sonic Story, and I'm I'm sure the story in here is fine, I'm not going to care about it. Doing this looks pretty fun. Listening to a podcast, I'm going to be honest. It, I will definitely say this game is very much it go. <laughs> it gets me into the trap of just one more enter thing here. Yeah. It's like, oh, just let me um, do one more side thing or let me just do one more Knuckles interaction or, you know, what? OK, let's just do one more um, speed stage. Let's do that. It's like, I oh, you know, let's just let's just do one more boss fight. Let's just go ahead and do that. It was very much a one more thing. And then I look at my clock and go, oh, I should have gone to bed hours ago. It does. It does still like it. They just place random shit everywhere. Mm-hmm. It does not mm-hmm. like there's an ounce of thought put into this. Nonetheless, into the world, into yeah. the world. Nonetheless, like I'm still. I'm still interested enough because people seem to really like just playing the game. You know what I mean? Yeah. So like it, it, it being a video game, like I'm there for that. Like yeah. mm-hmm. uh, uh, the positive reception is, is just really interesting to see. It's like, yeah, again, this game actually rips. Just like, don't think about it too hard. I'm like, yeah, yeah cool. <laughs> you got it. Uh, uh, I'm excited. Uh, I'm glad that you like it. Cause I know uh, I you're a big Sonic boy, but like uh, we were worried about this one and it looks mm-hmm. like, no nah, man, it could, it could be fun story. Don't worry about it. Like, you know, technical issues aside and stuff. Like it looks like a, like a good time 
Yeah. Just go run. Just go fast. Just go out and start go running. Gotta go fast. Also, you get supersonic like really early. That's crazy. Uh, you get supersonic. I want to say at every single island. Oh, oh, okay. So it's okay. It's not like you get it as an ability early. Okay, right. That makes sense. Okay. <clears throat> well, speaking of abilities, let's. You want to talk about uh, eating as an ability, Ben? God, I love this. <laughs> Kirby's I'm, I'm transitions. I know. And uh, Kirby's Return to Dreamland Deluxe, uh, or Return, Return to Dreamland Remastered. Yeah. So, um, as you guys know, me and my now fiance, we were playing Kirby, uh, Kirby in the Forgotten Land. It was, I still say, it's a great co-op game. This one is a classic side-scrolling Kirby game with co-op as well, where your friend can either play as King DDD, Meta Knight, or another Kirby and get the Kirby effects. This was what system was this <clears> on originally? Return to Dreamland. Uh, oh, well, originally this was on the Wii, uh, the Wii U. I want to say, gotcha. Or maybe, or maybe the Wii. I could be wrong. I think I think it was the Wii. I think I played this yeah. game on the Wii. I'm gonna look it up. You talk. Yeah, I mean, it's a simple. I I don't want to call it a simple Kirby game and say that it's a bad thing. Kirby games are simple and are simple, and they're just so damn fun. As you can see, the art style is absolutely gorgeous. And in Return to Dreamland, they added a few new um, powers, like the mech power-up, which makes Kirby look like a Gundam. And you know that. I was like, that is so cool. And there's also a whole bunch of other great minigames they could play. Fanny and I were having so much fun playing the um, playing these minigames. And it was this great back and forth. Like She would beat me in a few. I would beat her in a few. It was... This is a fantastic game where you can play the main story, but also just get lost in the minigames and just have fun playing it for hours. Highly recommend it. I love. I I really like, like the art style is great, but I love how like how thick like the the dark like black lines are around mm -hmm. him. Like mm -hmm. I think that's a great art style. Um. So this game originally came out in 2011 on the Wii. So 12 years ago, I definitely played this because the year before that, it was the year of Kirby and Kirby Kirby's Epic Yarn came out, and I played oh. the shit out of that cute ass game. Mm -hmm. And I was in a Kirby mood because then like eight, like less than a year later, this game came out. So these are the two Kirby games I played, and that was a decade ago. Well, now it's yeah. on the Switch. Now it's on the Switch. It looks great. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So much fun to play. And it supports four-player multiplayer, too. So Awesome, man. Love it. Well, yeah. uh, let's end. Let's bring it full circle. Full circle uh, with some circular balls, why don't we? Let's talk about some Knockout City. <clears throat> yeah, you playing some of that. I have been playing some of that. And also, I'm actually kind of upset at myself because I did not do the data transfer before um, the deadline. And I lost all my stuff. Right. Oh, all, all oh. my cosmetics, when, when all Epic, when Epic took over, right, right, right. Yeah, Damn. that sucks, bro. Yeah, I mean, other than that, the game is still fun to play. It just kind of hurts when, when I'm playing with Brandon. He has all his cosmetics still up, and I'm just like they ran like the the little jacket guy. And I'm like, this sucks. But once again, the game is the game is um ending, or the servers are shutting down in June. Um. I did not, as far as I can remember, I don't, I have not spent any money on this game. I didn't buy any of the cosmetics with any of my real money. So it's like, all right, nothing was really lost. But like we, as we talked about earlier, it is a bummer because this game is fun. Yeah, It's I, very innovative as a dodgeball game. It is, you, this is not the type of a dodgeball game you would think to play, have this, this big open arena. And you have a, like, we were a part of Pew Pew City, which I loved, but it, it is a bummer. Um, oh my god, that's so smart! But you can still do that. Yeah. Those are yeah, pro but, gamers. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I did. I was talking like I'm not going to say I was talking shit, but like I definitely the gameplay of Knockout City was never my problem with it. Right. 
Like, honestly, it was just like the weird way they handled, uh, uh, you know, like all the stuff we talked about in the past. But like right. the game itself is awesome. Like, I do mm-hmm. hope they find a way to like, because like there isn't another dodgeball game out like this. Um, the closest and it's thing, a good idea for a multiplayer. Absolutely, thing. like the closest thing, and it's not even comparable. But Ben, like we played Windjammers, and that's a frisbee one v one game. Mm-hmm. That's the closest comparison I can think of. Something like this. Um, I remember Diamond Rush. But yeah, uh, uh, yeah, the gameplay of Naga City is awesome. Um, I do hope it can continue some way. Keep keep an eye on the Basement Arcade, uh, regular Basement Arcade, you know, channel here. We'll be trying to bring some Knockout City videos into the end of its lifespan yeah. here. Who knows? Maybe even I'll pop up. Yeah. Who knows? Special appearance from Ryan Elion. Well, 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 that will do it for the trailer part. And I do think that's the end of the episode, unless we have anything else to discuss. Uh, Just we take a brief look forward. We know there's some big games coming up that we're going to be be planning for. The next Um, quarterly is going to be insane. So I will say that, you know, like uh, we we will certainly touch on it in the next quarterly, but um, the next Jedi game um that one i know for a fact because brandon is going to play it as well that'll be another like ragnarok where we'll have a discussion episode at some point here on the channel yeah so keep an eye out for that final fantasy 16 is not that far behind uh and that's my gold that'll be another one where brandon might play that one um that's possible God, i've talked to him about that'd be it incredible because of seeing the trailer he's a little interested so that might happen that'll so, be another one where we'll be not doing. only that next month breath tears of the kingdom yes oh! Yeah, that's all. That's games. all YouTube. <laughs> and I, you, you just got me a switch, and I can find. Oh yeah, like I gotta get back to Pokemon, but man, Zelda. Oh shit, I'm excited. I uh, also yeah, you, guys, get... you guys, please feel free to go off and make a Tears of the Kingdom discussion whenever you are up to. I and I'm sure there's even more than that, more games than that. But like, those, there's always those are such big games already. God, yeah. love it. So there's going to be a lot to talk about uh, on the channel, either in our next quarterly here as separate discussions. There's a lot coming up. Um, there's also, uh, I we don't need to pull up the trailer right here. Uh, it's fine, but um, Redfall, a, a yeah, oh. which is apparently good. Oh, yes, shit, <laughs> I'm so excited. Redfall's Redfall. Oh. I'm excited. Look, <laughs> that's not true anymore. No, Suicide Squad got delayed. That's yeah. not in May anymore. Uh, what I will say, uh, just briefly, because I'm sure we're also going to talk about on our regular episode that will record tomorrow, but will come out before this comes out. Um, they just dropped a trailer yesterday for the next Sonic game, and it's not what anybody thought it would be. Oh my god, uh, they killed him. The murder of Sonic the Hedgehog. Um, Which is, Ben, we can play that on Steam together. Stylish and cute as shit. It's a visual novel. Yeah. Unbelievable. Potentially the best thing Sonic teams made in years. Uh, very cool. Very cool. I'm excited about that. And they dropped it the same day they released the trailer, so it's out now. Also, it was, um, tech, it was like April Fool's Day, too, which was... Which was uh, close, close dicey, enough. And dicey. I was like, yeah. oh, really, guys? Yeah. Uh, they knew who they were playing with. Yeah. Um, yeah. Is, so there's a lot to talk about in the near future. So keep, keep yeah, your man. ears open. Lot, man, summer, the summer of games is approaching. Oh, but man. Yeah. Final Fantasy 16. I, 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 am, I am dripping with it. I'm like, I'm like, <laughs> I'm excited for Jedi to come out, especially with that last trailer. We talked a bit yeah. about it a bit on the Fickner podcast. There's definitely some story elements that I'm now very interested in and invested in. You and I are both about to read that book yeah. for the interim. Hell yeah. Um, but uh, I, I'd be lying if I, honestly, I'd be lying if I said that I'm not like, man, I'm excited to play Jedi. I got to clear Jedi so I can make sure I can play Final Fantasy 16. Ben, did you see they they released so much like they did like a full hour long presentation. So they 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 were they went into the open world. They showed us the combat. They introduced us to all the characters like that game is a video game, man. I'm so excited. Do you do you think as we suspected that it is going to be the first like 
true true ps5 game yeah i i yeah the way they're talking about it like there's no way we could have put this on ps4 it's simply it's simply too much right. it's too much uh and i love, I, it. love I, it i'm just looking at that final fantasy tears, tears of the kingdom and i'm just like and now of course resident evil 4 is out because you know i want that i'm just like i'm like oh my backlog but right now more importantly it's like oh my bank account yeah luckily only a couple of them are like 100 hour open world rpgs only a couple yeah. only a couple only two only of the four only games. two in the next three months <laughs> aye, aye, aye. what a problem to have god i, I know it. right oh god. my god yeah this next quarterly is gonna be stacked spicy all right, friends, I think that will do it. Hell yeah. I believe that will do it. So, of course, you can catch uh, – this is Base Arcade Pause Menu. Uh, this is a show where we just say hang out. This is the quarterly, so every uh, f- um, four times a year, you'll see the three of us talk about shit, about cool video game stuff. And, of course, you can catch all three of us plus Brandon on the Fake Nerd Podcast, which is our main mothership show that you can watch live on this channel every single Sunday. And also, of course, you can listen as well because we were on audio as well. I mean – Yay. Yay. And and also you can if you want more fake nerd stuff like stuff with conversations um the real score which is coming out uh, at the time of this recording hasn't come out yet but will soon and that's going to be really really awesome. And a whole bunch of other shows go ahead and check out fakenerdpodcast.com and if you want to get in touch with us personally I am Ben Magda 27 Instagram Twitter and TikTok and I also write for Old School Gamer Magazine, Fusion Gaming Magazine, and go nintendo.com. And where can they find you Ryan? Man, they can find me just so excited that that Destiny is forged in fire. I'm just truly like more excited for FF16 than I've been for mo- a lot of games in the last couple of years. I'm truly excited at DJ Tony Snark 616 Destiny is forged in fire. Woohoo! What about you, Sparks? Uh, you can find me uh, racing, racing to the end of Ragnarok so I can clear the way into Survivor and then dump myself into Final Fantasy 16 at Sparks Witty on Instagram and Twitter S P A R K Z Witty. Alrighty, well, we got all, well, we got some heavy, big, excuse me, we got some big three months coming up in front of us, gentlemen. So, oh, it's gonna be a good time. Well, anyways, oh, yeah. until then, unpause.